Good morning, guys. It's Bob, uh, your host of Candy Coated Razor Blades. I do need to preface this episode and the next one. We were having some board issues, so our volume levels, especially later in the day, uh, have been fluctuating. So there are some extreme volume changes in this episode. I apologize for that. I, I need you to be aware that it is not intentional at all. Um, but I apologize. There's just no way for me to cut out what is happening. Um, I, I will edit around it as much as I can. Again, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. Um, I'm hoping not to lose any interviews that we had today. Um, yesterday, or today, actually. Um, but our equipment was just being so, so finicky. Um, audio is still there. Uh, the, the normalization process did fix some of it. Just be aware that there are going to be some, some drastic Good morning, kids. It's Candy Coated Razor Blades, and no, I'm not editing a damn second out of that because you all know we're just wrong in the head. So, just me and Stephanie this morning. RC's on his way, but it's a game day in Ohio, and people here are fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the real horror is what is outside our doors right now. Right, it's all fucking Go Bucks. and gray. Go, oh. All college kids, okay. all crazy fans. No, I'm not OHing anyone. It's fine. Nope. Uh, so, um, I, the video for this morning is already up, uh, so I know you guys know what's coming up during the day. Uh, I know that we're expecting already, like, we've got four interviews lined up as of this morning. Currently, yep. it's 10, 18 in the morning. Big day. Yep. And it, we're going, it's t until four in the morning today. So fucking long. Uh, I know we've got Nate Ruger, and I know we posted um, his, uh, he's got Trust Me, uh, a witness account of the Goatman. Which I know has RC super excited. Yes, he got to see it and has not stopped talking about it. So oh, good. Hopefully, RC will be able to to get here in time for that. Seriously, he's got to be here at eleven to talk to Nate about it. Yeah. Um, we've got an interview with Drew Dameron, who his short Fetus Nation. We don't have words. Yeah. Because it's fucking hilarious. I'm so sad that oh, I missed that one. We love fetuses. Derp a derp a derp. Five minutes of that. Five minutes. Oh my it's, god. It's it's the 2019 Google Gobble. It is. That's why I said to, to RC. It is. I know, and that, that it, I need I need everyone saying that to any anti-abortion asshole that's out Heck there. Heck yeah, man. We love fetuses. Derp a derp a So um, after that we have Meg Swartow. Swartow? 
I'm not sure how to pronounce her last uh, name. Swartlow, I believe. Swartlow. Uh, she is a screenwriter. I don't have my schedule, um, but I, I think she, she's got a screenplay in. Uh, and she's going to be at the third annual Social Progress Through Horror Summit. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Um, and her screenwriting... Come back to me. I'll okay, find it. Cool. Um, and after that, we're talking with Justin Nelson, who's the director of Czech, which I did not get to see yesterday. It was the very first thing shown. It was the one shown the first movie. Um, yeah, I wanted to see that one, too. But I did... I, I know what it's about. It's about, you know, Monster in the Bed. Right, sort of right, thing. right. Um, and I know that he, he had some interesting filming things that he was talking about during the Q&A after. Plus, he's adorable. Yeah, I found um, Megan Swartlow's one of the feature screen let's start this over <laughs> Megan Swartlow is one of the feature screenplay finalists oh good and her piece is called No Overnight Parking cool, cool. and it is about a disastrous fight with her with a controlling boyfriend a reformed bad girl and her three best friends set out for a wild weekend of fun but end up getting locked in an underground parking structure overnight with a hooded killer Oh wow! This this sounds to me like the spiritual sequel to what Metal Girls are into, which played last year. Okay. I'm like, oh, that sounds badass, and I I, I need to see it made now. Yeah. Um, but fuck yeah, it's gonna be a full day. I know we're gonna have lots more interviews. We're still gonna try and keep you updated with the live updates. We'll try and have a few more than we had yesterday. Um, kind of space space those out through the day. Uh, we'll also make sure that. Oh man coffee is hitting me with the hiccups uh, but I'm glad I had it because yesterday was a bear <laughs> I had a full meal this morning it was delightful husband took me out to breakfast Aww, yeah, I know. Um, but uh, yeah oh damn and, and uh, I'm because we're gonna be here till four in the morning I, I may have to take a break and, yep. out and go take a nap or something later in the day but uh, I will definitely be back because I need to see tonight at 2 a.m. is 29 needles. Yeah, the the stuff I'm excited to look at today is Scare Package, which is an anthology feature. Yeah. And then um, Antrim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which... and, yeah, that's like, and I know that's one of the, I guess they're calling it one of the midnight movies. So it's going to yeah, be on the... Yeah, it's at 10. Tonight. Yeah, it's going to be one of the freaky ones. Yeah, it's about, it, it says, Lost 1970s feature Antrim is cursed. It's the deadliest film ever made. Audiences die, programmers are killed. Ooh. A single copy has been discovered. Now you're about to watch it. Ooh. Yes. I bet it's a fucking found footage movie. It probably is. I'm hoping for, you know, I'll, I'll definitely let you guys know how I like it, but I'm kind of hoping maybe, like, kind of a vintage The Ring vibe. Yeah, I hope so. If it's a 1970s movie that has been unearthed, if that's the concept, I yeah. like that idea. Yeah, I, I, and maybe it actually is a 1970s movie that's been unearthed. Wouldn't that be cool? It would be. Um, the only thing that I'm really upset about is that because we're so booked this afternoon, I'm not going to gonna be able to see She Never Died. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, and I've been well, waiting for we, that we'll one. Try oh, well. And, we'll try and make it happen. See? Yeah. Once our C gets here, we can really kind of sit down and schedule our, ourselves. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's not a big deal because I know that that one's going to get released. I know that that one's oh yeah just that ready to be released. Sure. It's just on the festival circuit to get the hype out. Yeah. So especially since the first one did so well, 
And frankly, it'll probably be playing here at some point. Exactly. So, because a lot of these films, like the features, will show up here. Mm. Like within, you know, as long as they get distribution. Yeah. They're going to be here like within the year. Right. So, I'm down. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not too worried about missing a feature. It's the shorts that I'm a little more concerned with. I'd love to see all of them. I would. I'll pop into the theater in and out as I can. Um, but that's that's what I hate about this because I love the experience and I love meeting everybody and I love interviewing everybody um, but I'm not three people I can't be in both theaters right. and interviewing folks at the same time right so but yeah it's still gonna be a great fucking day oh yeah I'm excited long day but a great fucking yep. day yeah so I'm just like and anytime I see somebody who just like looks like they need it I'm like oh you need a hug yeah have a hug because it's gonna be a long day. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely the people. Like the people here are just all like-minded, and they. Uh, I will always say this till the day that I die. Anyone that loves horror in any capacity are usually the sweetest people on earth. Yeah, yeah. It's because we already examine our, our yeah. nastiness and we know how to cope. Because yep. that's what horror is good for. Yep. Yeah, uh, and we're going to have to kind of uh, maybe do an episode just kind of on that discussion rather For than sure. do a movie at some point. Just discuss how horror affects us. I, would I think love that would it. be fun. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. So anyway, uh, our first interview is going to be with Nate. Uh, so that is going to come up in just a few. Um, keep with us. This hopefully will be out tonight. Um, and you'll probably hear this tomorrow after I don't edit it out and think you're crazy when I have to post it tomorrow morning because I don't have fucking time to go get a good night's sleep, too. So, yeah. <coughs> excuse me, but anyway, keep listening. We have some fantastic interviews. Like I said, Nate's up next, and we will see you guys around the day. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Sure, yeah. Uh, so it came from uh, our, our writer. Um, quick story about how we met is that we're uh, fitting for the Sleepless here at Insomniac Games. It, uh, we, um, my wife and... Uh, because the, the stand is down. Oh, the, the stand oh. is down. What, what should I do? Uh, 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 okay. 
take two. <laughs> Sorry. There's no takes. So I show up. I'm not yeah, yeah. This out. Uh, so uh, to answer your question, the story came from our writer uh, Leslie O'Neill, who I got to meet because both our significant others work at Insomniac Games, uh, which is a great video game company out in Los Angeles. Nice. And they had this big, wonderful holiday party. And you think in Los Angeles in December, everyone's talking about all the Oscar movies, right. and we were the only two people there because everyone was talking about movies, and everyone else was talking about, you know, the latest uh, game build. For, right. Because they're right. just such video game heads. <laughs> and so uh, we just talked all night about movies, talked all night about horror, and then she sent me the script like in the following month or so. Yeah. And uh, up until that point, I hadn't heard about the Goatman, and then I dive really deep into it. It's that same kind of thing. Like, my answer to your question, like, is it the uh, the Texas Goatman, or uh, it, like, there's Virginia. the East Coast or Virginia Ghostman, uh, yeah. Goatman, and is, it's actually a different one, which is more from, uh, if you dive deep into Creepypasta, a Nazi scope man, which is more of this oh, okay. kind of shape-shifting creature, like, uh, borrowing from, like, film lore. It's, it's kind of like, there's something that's been in North American folklore that is like the creature from The Thing, right. but has been around since yeah. the 1800s or earlier. We're all gonna die. That's fine. Pretty much. Don't <laughs> go into the woods, folks. <laughs> oh, see... Back when we were a blog, uh, we being me, uh, um, I did a specific post on don't go into the goddamn woods. Don't go into the fucking woods, kids. The, the woods want to kill you. A little bit. Yeah. So, um, so all this just came out of a conversation, just you know, uh, sparked your imagination. She, this was like one of like five shorts she shared with me, and that sparked my imagination really clearly, and it also. Um, that like I this was a creature I'd never heard about, and uh, there there haven't been too many movies, uh, definitely not on the film festival scale about sure. this creature sure. that has been around since the 1800s or earlier. Wow! And uh, so we thought like, and this is a conversation that happens a lot in the horror community that uh, there are tons of like great horror iconic horror villains, but the ones we all continue to talk about that we love are kind of from the 80s, 90s. Yeah. Right. And we thought like this is a horror villain that's been around since the 1880s or earlier. And we haven't seen a movie about them. And so we thought this would be a great way to introduce this this film. And also from the indie filmmaker standpoint, our movie is a cabin and two characters in the woods. And so it's just like, why not just go out and make this thing? Right, right. So give us a quick little synopsis, if you could. Just because I know sure. that we have not seen this yet. Sure. Oh, well, yeah. you have. Yeah, You I saw have. it. I have not <laughs> seen it because... I'm here. Yeah. So. Uh, it is um, a little horror movie about uh, a young woman who follows her boyfriend into the woods, expecting a romantic surprise, only to find something far more sinister, Ooh. which is the legend of the goat man. Delightful. And everything I've been talking about, just like you can go in completely blind, knowing nothing about creepypasta, goat man, and this is your introduction. Great. So, Arce, what did you think about it? I. Okay, so. Yesterday, it was in the shorts block that was at the very end before I had to go pick up Stephanie. Um, and I really wanted to see Boo, so I, I sat in that. But that was as far into the shorts block as I had looked. But I really wanted to see the Goatman short. So, um, as I'm like, okay, it's about time for me to leave to go get her. Uh, that I see, it's trust me. And I was like, I guess I'm going to be late because <laughs> I am not going to miss this because I really wanted to see this one. Um, and it was really well done. I loved pretty much everything about it. Uh, <laughs> like, I can't even think of a criticism. And I'm usually great at that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's high praise uh, coming from RC. Yeah. Coming, coming from you. Mr. Yeah. 80% sass, 20% gay. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Yeah, I just I definitely got the creepy pasta vibe uh, nice. from a movie, which is not super easy to do. I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There have been so many attempts at translating creepy pasta, right. and it's it's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we 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 specifically talked about creepy pasta a couple of times, specifically yeah. like with the rake. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah and Tony Walsh, Phil, Tony, we love you. We need to get you back on. So, how how besides us, how are the people taking it? How are you? How's the reaction? It, the reaction from folks who've seen it has been largely positive. It's, it's it's from people who are horror heads who know everything about the Goatman to people who like I didn't know this is, was a thing and now I'm never going camping again. Right. Um, <laughs> Uh, we all have our own issues with Right, fun. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I think people kind of... It's it's this weird creature where, like, we, we wondered whether what to title the movie mm-hmm. um, because we wanted it to be an introduction to this character, but, like, so many people... Because there's so many different iterations of the Goatman... Right. ...hear Goatman, and they imagine, like... A kind of, and I mean this with no disrespect, uh, like a kind of schlocky movie, a movie where you you painted kind of like a mask of yeah. a goat onto right. some dude's head. You can see the zipper in the back. Yeah, they they hear Goatman, and that's immediately where they're, they're they imagine a Bigfoot with horns. Yeah. Right, exactly. And we really try to go for something that was a lot more kind of polished of watching this. What seems like a, a dramatic film, like a, a films that inspired us were something like The Witch or Honeymoon or mm-hmm. these kind of films that like really at first feel like it might be a drama mm-hmm. and then it keeps going and you're just like, you're doubting every moment right. of like, yeah. is, is he sick? Is, he, <laughs> is that not him anymore? Right. And, yeah. and you're, you're just not really sure and that's the suspense rather than like, you know, uh, a guy with a goat head running at you with an axe. Or right. Yeah. Yeah. It it definitely worked very well. From like the the first discovery of where they see the blanket while they're on the the hike yep. to the lake, to the end, which I won't spoil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It all it it worked really well. It it felt a lot to me. Um, I guess aesthetically, uh, like hush. Yes, yeah, that, that was definitely a film yeah. that both uh, the writer and I watched and loved, and it was like a big influence, like that was the tone we were looking yeah. for. Yeah. So, so I, I'm taking it, you're really enjoying this whole neo-horror thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, and and like I mentioned earlier, that like, the, the three kind of biggest influences were like the kind of more atmospheric, slow burn... Right. horror renaissance are going through right now with independent yeah. film um, and then like really trying to give an introduction to this monster that feels like some of the, the great horror villains of the 80s and 90s um, on their, and, and then trying to be true to creepy right. so that people who read all these stories like um, as if me. they were bedtime like stories me. <laughs> yes that is correct that is a you didn't just like do a cliff notes version right. of the monster like it wasn't like the Slenderman movie uh, oh no! I said it. Yeah, we're allowed to say it. We're yeah. Um, yeah. No, it 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 definitely. Like this is one of those movies where like it just presses all my buttons like a irritating kid in a hotel elevator. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you always been interested in creepypastas and cryptids and all that stuff, or is this kind of a just out of the blue kind of an inspiration for you? It's um, I, it's kind of, it, it's a mix. It's a little more in the out of the blue camp that like this 
uh, script when it was sent to me, like, unlock this door. Like, I wasn't really, I didn't really know this was going on. There were a handful of things that were on my radar that I thought were really creepy that I didn't realize was, like, several steps ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get it wrong. SLC or S- no, SBC? Oh, yeah. yeah. And which is, like, this, it SCP. read... SCP. SCP. Served contain protect. And, like... It read with this, the same in the way that Creepy does, with this authority as if you just, like, lifted this document from, like, a cryptid black ops unit that's yeah. always been around. And, oh, here's this monster that exists, and here's how we've contained them. And it reads so authoritatively, you're just like, what if this is real? <laughs> and so that was something that I, 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 I was seeing from time to time crossing yeah. my feet and just going, like, what if you made a film out of one of these? This would be amazing. And then seeing, like, something that, like, inspired those kinds of stories. Right. And, and thinking, oh, I gotta do something like this. And um, uh, one of uh, and just going way back in terms of like interest in monsters and horror is like the first movies I made. We had this like little grove in like the back of uh, my home growing up, and that it, it's just one of those childhood things of like, do you play on the concrete patio or do you play in the woods that are just right. and, and it just yeah. all of a sudden becomes magical. And like my first home movies were there, yeah. and so like my love of filmmaking stemmed from running around with a camcorder in like the handful of trees and yeah. playing make-believe out there so it, it felt natural to come home and be like let's make a monster movie in the woods I wish my parents just gave me a camcorder <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, 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 I'm not sharing those movies with anyone. They're off. Okay. Right. Yeah. Trust me, I don't like found footage anyway. So, <laughs> so, I've asked a few people this, just because I'm curious. What are you afraid of? Ooh. Um, other than this. Other than this. Yeah. Other than this. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like this kind of movie is actually like some of the things that get under my skin. Um, uh, so, um, before I get in, in the movie, things that definitely like I have trouble watching are body horror, and I think that's mainly because I personally have a condition where if I cut my finger and look at it, I will pass out. I mm. It's like an empathetic response where, like, sure. uh, and so, like, at this festival, I love these movies, but like, I have to sit there and like whisper to myself or in silently tell myself, "They're an actor. They're fine. Right. <laughs> That's got to be dark corn syrup and uh, and red carrot, red dye and right. chocolate so- syrup. They're fine." And. Uh, and but like in the moment when it's really well done, you feel like that person is being ripped in half, and yeah. the organs oh, are course, spilling yeah. out, and my my heart will just go, oh, you you need to to lie down and, and you know go to sleep. Like, no, right. no, 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 <laughs> don't do that. Right. You're not in an ambulance in here. Um, uh, so that's one of those things that like definitely yeah. gets under my skin. Um, I remember reading that uh, what made arachnophobia so thrilling when it came out was that Steven Spielberg was terrified of spiders. Uh-huh. And so that he just went, okay, what scares the hell out of me? And so that's something, that's definitely, and also that is a movie that scares the hell out of me. That like, oh, oh, spiders yeah. are, are my big thing. Yeah, also. yeah. So and yeah, arachnophobia, as funny as it is. Right, yeah, yeah. No, no. no thank you. <laughs> they, they, they look like tiny little aliens. Like, yeah. what are you doing right. on this planet? Right, exactly. Yeah. You, no, you, you have entirely too many legs and way too many eyes. Yeah. Just stop existing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I except know, don't. Except don't, because you're part of the ecosystem. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I'd rather. I'd rather. But have exist them where I don't. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Eat those bugs over there. Right. Away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
What else are you looking forward to in the festival? Oh, um, that's right. The, I'll, I'll get to that. The, okay. Fully answer the question. Sure. The thing that really, really kind of frightens me is, um, so th those are things that like hit, uh, just immediately come to mind. But for the movies that really scare me are the mm -hmm. ones kind of like the one that I made and I'm trying to make mm -hmm. are are things that really kind of make you doubt about like what is real and what isn't. Because sure. like yeah. the monsters that are most terrifying and it feels weird bringing up uh, Doctor Who, but like we as humans like we're sitting around doing a podcast. We think we're doing pretty well. We're not right. terrified of monsters or or you know right. uh, saber tooth tiger coming in and eating us because we're the top of the food chain. Right. We have nothing to worry about. Mm -hmm. And the kind of monster movies that make you think for a second that like what we think are like top of the food chain like senses that we will totally be prepared for anything that might come our way mm -hmm. of like realizing the person you've been talking to for the past five minutes is not your boyfriend is actually something else that looks and acts and behaves like your boyfriend and sure. it's a really good mimic right like those yeah. kinds of things mm -hmm. which is like what the hiding in plain right. sight yeah the those camouflage. Yeah. so any kind of monster that I think like gets with around there like um uh like um um this is an episode of a mostly sci-fi show doctor who but like uh the, the angels in the episode blink of oh doctor yeah who. yeah because yeah, yeah, like gets a lot of people right and it's that thing of like we think we're at the top of the food chain and then you tell someone don't blink and you're just like oh okay th this is a flaw of the human body right. and if i blink i will die and i have right. to blink to live I, I, right i will cease to exist right doctor yeah. who does not get enough credit no. yeah how scary it is no. yeah that one and the library the library oh. the silence yeah the silence really got that's me. another one yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. that's another one that deals with like what like that that feeling that everyone gets of like that thing in the corner of your eye. Yeah. Right. Like and you feel like something is in the room. Right. You know. And I, and that. I'm not a Whovian, but I know all about these things because yeah, most yeah. of my friends are. Yeah. 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 Well, like and even um, even stuff like uh, back in the day, the not back in the day Doctor Who, but uh, Catherine Tate. Um, the air purifying episode. Oh yeah. Like the cars oh. and the air purifying system. It it, it was all this massive idea that like oh it's saving the planet but actually it was an alien conspiracy to kill us all basically wow yeah and that was we didn't know it was just this great technological advancement <laughs> yeah, and yet it's ruining our immune system because now we're not being exposed to these things no it, it was legit gonna poison everybody oh. and kill everybody that was what the episode was but it's a purifier. Exactly. <laughs> it purifies the earth. It's humankind. Like, okay. We we are what it's purifying the planet of. Fine. Okay. All right. I get it. Damn. Yeah. Doctor Who. Damn. Yeah. It gets it gets very dark. So yep. I am, I'm yep. I'm absolutely on the same. Yeah. Yeah. Track as you. Maybe I'll have to start watching. At least they're short ep short seasons, so I yeah, can like yeah. get through the whole thing in like a year. <laughs> like from the 60s <laughs> that'll take you a while that, that will might, take that a long time like, six, six episodes a year and there were like 30 year gaps where they didn't make any so maybe I don't know I don't know um, I think it. Go I think that kind of stuff goes along with my, my personal fear of tech mm. technology yeah. mm -hmm. so Black Mirror is like your nightmare Black Mirror is not my jam. I, I yeah, watch it, yeah. but it's not my jam. I will not be making you watch uh, AMI on Netflix. Although I, it looks good to me, I may watch it. Okay. That's all about like a killer series. Yeah. So. Oh, uh, there was another one that I watched that was like that. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I don't think you would. 
But yeah. So anyway, back to the new question. Yes. What are you looking forward to? In the past? Uh, I know that we're halfway through. Right, right. And, and so I've seen a lot of really good shorts, and it's, it's been a blur. So it, uh, But I, I did love Boo. I, I've been programmed with Boo, I think, uh, twice since the first time I've seen it. Uh, and that was so good. So, it was. It yeah, was really yeah, good. Yeah. I, I am the dude that yelled, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, that's, yes. Uh, yeah. Because that, and I'll say it again, Boo is the best short I have seen in the two years that I've been here. Wow. Wow. And we love Rakefin. Rakefin yeah. is the best person. She is, amazing. clearly. Yeah. So, yeah. Just everything about her. She's adorable. So it's hard to top that. Yeah. But uh, uh, films that I, um, I, I through this festival got to meet a bunch of other filmmakers. Yeah. Out in LA, where I'm from, and one short that uh, I thought looked really cool and I'm looking forward to it. it's called Water Horse uh, mm-hmm. those filmmakers are not here physically at the festival um, but it, it seems uh, I heard that it was based on uh, the writer uh, co-director's uh, dream that she had and it's uh, I don't want to misrepresent the film because uh, I'm not the filmmakers but um, based on the Kelpie myth um, oh and, delightful and so the last time there was a Water Horse it was a Loch Ness Monster yeah and <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to seeing like in as someone also trying to make it kind of spooky, creepy, is there something wrong with right. uh, that's going out in the, in the water in the docks that I need to save a drowning person, or is there a monster out there? Yeah. And and, uh, and not really knowing yeah. that we'll watch. And so I'm looking forward to that. And those filmmakers said that uh, since we clearly have a similar interest in, in monsters, that there's a short film called Plain Song. That is, and he's those filmmakers have been to Fantastic Fest and a lot of other really big festivals like Beyond Fest as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said the most uh, cosmic horror Lovecraftian film they've seen is called Plain Song, which is in the same block today. Ooh. And so that that's got my ticket. Like, okay, yeah. I, I now I have now I have to go to that block. <laughs> two shorts I need to I'm, see in there. I'm just like, dude, y'all know I'm sitting back here interviewing people. Make sure we have links, and we will review the hell out of your shit. Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So yeah, just. Yeah, uh, because I can't be in three places at once. I know. I hear you. And that, that's what's so hard about this festival is that, like, oh, oh like, I'm missing another f- a feature that I really want to see in that same block. Uh-huh. But it's just like, I've talked to those two filmmakers and I'm so excited <laughs> to see their movie. Right. right. Yeah. Right. But anyway, it was delightful talking to you. Thank you so much. It was you're, delightful being here. You're very welcome. Um, I'll make sure that this is posted and you have access to it. Yes. We are good to go. Hi, guys. We're back. Uh, I know, Ray. We opened a, I didn't in, uh, insert a little you know, second piece here because I was in the social progress panel, which is happening every year at Nightmares, and it's so important. We love the fact that it's there. Um, but right now, we, were ta- we are talking with Drew Damron from the short, uh, who directed and starred in the short, Fetus Nation. You, sir, are a genius. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but also... What the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about Fetus Nation before we really dig in. Uh, so I kind of approached it in a sense where I wanted... I, I like touching subjects that nobody really wants to uh, touch or yeah. lampoon or anything. Of course. And I enjoy lampooning... Anything that's taboo, I think it's important, and I think it's especially important in cinema to kind of explore those boundaries. Um, and I've been successful and not successful in the past with that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there were definitely some films in the past where 
you know, even in film school, my professors would just like ream me for them. So, um, so there's a lot of those that I don't show anybody anymore. But Fetus Nation was something that just kind of came to me because of the climate right now, and um, it was, you know, it was around the the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing oh, God. when. when uh, when that idea kind of came to mind because it's really a movie about perception. It's about the perception of both sides. Sure. Because the beginning kind of starts off with the right wing's perception of what abortion is, uh-huh. almost like a monster, like a like a, a mad scientist kind of a thing. Sure. And then when the redneck scene happens, it's more about what the liberals feel about them. Sure. So sure. I wanted to kind of toy with both of those perceptions and not necessarily have a clear point of view as much as just exploiting the conversation, I guess. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> and I can see that. I mean, I can definitely see that there, there's the bias yeah. you know, from some, for some point because, you know, and I hate to say it, but we do often look at the pro-lifers as people that aren't looking at the entire picture right yeah so we do you know we think they're stupid on some level yeah exactly yeah but five minutes of (laughs) derpa 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 yeah (laughs) literally again that is what was said for five minutes yeah it's basically like a little (laughs) musical number right um, in a sense yeah Yeah. i didn't get to see it (laughs) okay but um, I've heard much about it, <laughs> and when R.C. explained the derpa derpa derp yeah. moment, um, I was like, it's a modern day Google gobble. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Right. So, uh, and I know that you had mentioned during the Q&A last night mm-hmm. that you definitely wanted this feel of a, gr- uh, of a Marx Brothers film. Yes. Uh, I mean... Why was it important to you that you explore abortion <laughs> with the Marx Brothers? Um, well, I think I think uh, that style of comedy is really kind of lost now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely influences in certain people. I mean, Jim Carrey's kind of someone that comes to mind. Very like physical, but also like. Just even the, the the cadence of the of the style of the comedy right, and, and right. the way they speak. Um, sure. So I kind of wanted to bring back that style and apply it to a current um, kind of discussion in this country. Sure. And the Marx Brothers were, especially now, they're kind of considered these like almost like misogynistic um, comedians and you know people have different points of view with that so that was almost kind of a thought that came to me well what if what if this was one of their like jokes you know sure so I don't uh, they they of, were relatively edgy for their time. Yeah, and they were very. They got edgy. away with a lot. Yeah, yeah. A lot. It's it was definitely a different kind of mentality and and um yeah. So I, I'm I'm just I, I know this term has been used before, but I'm officially calling your film splat stick. Sure. So, <laughs> so because it does definitely evoke that Marx Brothers slapstick. Somebody's gonna get hit in the face with a pie. Right. Feel which we don't see a lot anymore, right. which is still fun as long as it's handled responsibly. And yeah. as 
just tap dancing gleefully across the line as yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that you did bring back slapstick. That you right. did bring back that physical humor that we don't see a lot of. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's this. It's personally just a funny kind of concept to me to have that clownish kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everything in entertainment, I mean, not everything, but a lot of things in entertainment are more towards realism. Uh-huh. When I, when I, I kind of like the old vaudevillian style of clowning around. Sure. So that was just kind uh, of... Give me a seltzer bottle and a, and a banana cream. Yeah, bottle. exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I grew up with Bugs Bunny. Give me. Exactly. You don't see that anymore. Yeah, and it's hard to find those cartoons even unless you have, like, the specialty, like, premium channels because, like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like people are offended by that shit also now. Because they, they think it's violent or it's, it, children shouldn't watch it. And I'm not saying children should watch my shit by any means. Oh, please don't. No, not, no. Probably not. But, no. At least not this. But that, that, that goes along with the thing that I'm constantly baffled by, that violence is, is okay to be talked yeah. about, okay to be used. But once you start taking serious issues, issues that actually concern people on a daily basis that's when things get muddled or get really taboo and I love that you've taken such a taboo subject and just flipped, you know, pulled pulled it together and and swirled it together right absolutely i mean that's kind of my style and my approach to filmmaking in general i mean that that stems back from when i even started doing this back in 07 08 you know um because i just really like to apply seriousness to something that people wouldn't feel should be made fun of and i don't know i just don't really believe in taboos too i mean i well, well I, here's the thing, though. I, I think that you can take a very serious topic mm-hmm. and discuss it in a comedic manner, as you did, mm-hmm. and still be respectful about it. Right. I, I think that that's just something to consider. Like, you know, we were talking about with social... Because this always gets me fired up every year. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, talking about the social progress. Right. You can absolutely make jokes about anything mm-hmm. as long as you're punching up. No, absolutely, and I, th- I think it's important also, like they were saying in the panel, to have an appropriate point of view. Mm-hmm. Now, my point of view wasn't as somebody who ever had an abortion. I mean, so, there's that. <laughs> so, so I, but I, my point of view is somebody who, who um, understands politics. Sure. And so, like, that, that was kind of my approach, was a very, like... A commentary on the political climate. I sure, guess. and yeah. not about abortion in and of itself. Right, right, right. So, yeah, which worked well with the, the rubber mallet. It did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like that made it very clear. That was a hard prop to find too. <laughs> I, I mean, I scoured Los Angeles. Oh, for that. Wow. Yeah. yeah tell us about the fetus because I want I want our audience to hear that story because that was uh, delightful. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 Maybe I, I don't. Should I plug the store? Oh sure, okay. so, uh, yeah, if you want. It's 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 a store called Dapper Cadavers. It's in North Hollywood, and it's <laughs> it's in like the industrial kind of zone. It's kind of hidden. Like I, I had to really look on the internet to find this, because my first the first thing I almost bought on the internet was from this website that made like I bet it was re- Wish. 
realistic, like, yeah, realistic, like, fetuses, but it was for, like, grieving mothers or Ooh. whatever. So I oh, didn't, I didn't, reborn. yeah, yeah, oh, I didn't want to, no. yeah, I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So, like, it, it really, it, but that was definitely, like, the, a good model for what I was looking right. for. Right, yeah. And then I found, like, the horror shop, Dapper Cadavers, who <laughs> did very similar quality. Sure. But made for props. So I'm right. like, this is it. So I, I realized they were in Los Angeles. They were like 20 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So I went down there. I met the guy. He was a really nice guy. And then he tours me around the place. And it was just like full of like giant, like dead body cadavers and like, you know, prosthetics. Nice. But, um, it, you know, I, I, you're in this warehouse and you feel like you're in a room with like 50, 60 people. <laughs> and it's really just you and, and this guy. I bet they're all naked. Yeah, and they were, yeah, a lot of them were. And then he pulled out this drawer and it was all these fetuses, like different right. like stages of birth. And of course, I wanted the bigger one. Of like, course. Right. Not the full term, but like big right. enough where you, you could tell what it is. Right. And then I dressed it up. Like I, mm-hmm. I bought wig hair and then I I painted it with the, with the uh, makeup sure. application and the whole thing. And uh, yeah, so it worked out really well. Um, I still have it in my my garage. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no, it was important yeah. to find the right prop and not, you know, deceive people into thinking yeah. it was, you know, like. Sure, I, uh, I, yeah. If I ever get back out to LA, I'm gonna have to find this place because it's just intriguing. Yeah, it was really crazy, and I guess they do a lot of mainstream productions. Like, so I mean, it's right? it's definitely a, a big store. Yeah. So they do a lot of haunted house work. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, are you familiar with them? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I lived in North Hollywood for a while and, and did a lot of haunt and. I'm, I'm the only one of us that's not involved. Yeah. In no. Um, I've never even heard of the place until I went there. So I mean, it was a hidden kind of gem for me. But, nice. Yeah, it was weird. So, what are you looking forward to in the festival? Oh man, I'm gonna go see uh, the comedy horror blocks B, which is next, I believe. Yeah, horror blocks. I think so. Horror yeah. comedy, yeah. Um, I have a few buddies in there that made some films, so I'm gonna go do that. Nice. Um, I'm gonna try to uh, last as long as I can tonight. I mean, this is the big night with the 2 a.m. screen. Right. Uh-huh. And last year it was really tough, and even last night, I mean, I was kind of fading in and out in that last block, but that was almost. That was almost pleasurable to me because I would wake up and there's that weird movie with the with the with the uh, the lions that were killing the. Uh, oh, okay, I I left early. Yeah, yeah, it was it was just really bizarre to wake up to that. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was very very strange experience. So like wow. even, even when you're tired, I think it's a uh, it's a it's a good thing that I'd rather be sleeping in the theater than back in the hotel sure. catch my trip. Sure. <laughs> I fall asleep to horror movies all the time. Yeah. My comfort. Yeah. 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 And, and the seats are nice enough. So like, you know, oh, these yeah. seats are yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck AMC. These seats are I know. And sometimes you go to horror festivals in like the older theaters and they have like those wooden seats. Oh, God. Yeah. oh there's no oh, way. no. But, no, no, yeah. no. My poor tailbone. Uh-uh. No, it's a good, it's a good uh, venue, so. What's next on your project list? So I am. There's a there's a few projects kicking around. Um, I'm gonna try to get together a feature. That's okay. kind of my big next step right now. Sure. Um, it's just kind of 
deciding the best way to go about that. And I, I have big ideas for it, and I think maybe I need to contain them. So, like, I'm still... I haven't written a word of it yet. It's sure. all in note form. Sure. But I... I just, just know that if it involves clowns, R.C. is there. Oh, okay. I will probably yeah, love yeah. it. <laughs> but it's, it's basically about Hollywood and, like, the exploitation culture of Hollywood. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's that, kind of uh, the film that I'm tackling next. So, speaking about that, again, because this is one of the questions that I didn't get to ask. How do you draw the line between representing something such mm -hmm. as sex mm -hmm. on screen and exploitation how do you yeah what's your process in terms of making sure that something someone is not being exploited or yeah. are you going to again gleefully dance across that line i mean i like dancing across the line and um it's really hard not to be exploitive no matter what you're doing because it's almost like the nature of film is exploitation. Mm -hmm. my, my, my personal rule of thumb is everyone on board with the project, especially the actors, mm -hmm. need to be fully aware of what the project is. Sure. And, 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 and for them to participate... And for them to bring in their own kind of like suggestions and flavors, also, mm -hmm. right? Um, even you know, I'm always the gatekeeper, but if they have ideas that make it personal to them, mm -hmm. that helps a lot because then it's it's it doesn't seem like exploitation to me anymore. It's more of an active participation in the product that we're making. Sure. So I think that's really important. Um, you know. Not recently, but I, you know, I've, I've encountered some filmmakers in the past where they're like, you know, let's let's get this camera angled this way so that like they don't know that it's being filmed this way, etc. And you know, like the big what, what's that f famous scene from uh, what's that movie that mainstream film? Uh, uh, I don't know, but it was it was like a crotch shot. Oh. Mm. Basic, instinct? basic instinct. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a prime example of that because she did not know it was being filmed that way. Oh. So, you know, you always want to avoid that. Because, right. Yeah. Because I mean, that's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. because you know everyone needs to be on board. It's it's all about the active participation and yeah. making sure that everyone is on the same page. And it's a consent thing. Yeah, it's a consent thing exactly. So that that's the line. Yeah. In my opinion, that's that's the firm line that nobody should ever cross, because it, it's all about everyone agreeing to what they're making. Right. So cool. that that's important to me. That's always been my number one rule, and that's why, like, I always I have great relationships with pretty much every actor I've ever worked with because we've had that understanding from day one. Nice. And even in the casting pro process, you know, my big question is. Have you read the script? And usually I give them the whole script. It's not just sides. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I want them to know what they're getting involved with. Sure. And and I and the big question is, did you read the script? Do you understand it? Mm -hmm. do you, have, you know, of course, do you have any questions? But, like, you got to be down for this yeah. kind of project. Oh, absolutely. You know, and because I want to work with people that understand the vision and also are willing participants in the you don't want to ever like coax anyone or manipulate. It's manipulation is such a terrible thing. So like right. that's the big thing. And I think you know, I think that's that's the number one golden rule in filmmaking because especially with beginning filmmakers, they tend to like not understand that. Mm. And 
and some actors get really like upset or you know the performance fails also because they're not sure. feeling comfortable so right. it's all about the comfort level and making sure everyone's on the same page so that that's the line in my opinion cool so thank you yeah. so much for sitting with us through this oh absolutely wonderful. thank you um Please go enjoy the rest of the festival. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was great. You're very welcome. Thank you for sitting with us. Great, great. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Absolutely. Hey, guys. First off, I'm checking audio levels, so I hope this is actually recording right. I think it's recording softly again, so I'm going to have to adjust something real quick. Does that help? Are we good? Are we still, like, really low? Oh, God damn it. Something is going horribly wrong and I don't like it. Um, but hopefully normalizing the audio will help. Hopefully you can hear me, so we're going to have to hold them closer again. I think both of us were anyway. You were, he was not, so he gets a little he hard. He was louder shit. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> most of this is just going to get deleted, so give me a second to stop this like, and delete it. Do you know how rare it is that I get to say that someone else is loud? Right. Oh, he was. Wow. Like, I yeah. don't mean it insultingly. Right, but <laughs> no, I, I was like, we are. He 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 was resonant. Yes, he was. He did have that timbre. So, anyway, our next interview coming up soon is going to be with Megan Swartlow, who's a, in the uh, featured screenplay finalists. Uh, she did no overnight parking, which we talked a little bit about this morning. Um, basically, you know, the reformed bad girl, her friends. Uh, she has a fight with her boyfriend, and they end up getting locked in an underground parking structure. But we'll have her talk we'll talk about that. Uh, that is coming up next. Stay tuned as long as I can actually say stay tuned. <laughs> we live in Columbus. We do. We do. I'm checking. We, we've had some issues with our audio levels, so I'm concerned. Okay, now they're back where they were before. Okay, this is going to be fun to edit. Fun, fun, fun. <laughs> Hi <laughs> kids, we are back with Megan Swartlow, who, yeah, just, you can sit a little closer, okay. that's totally cool. Um, she wrote No Overnight Parking, which is one of the screenplays that's featured at the festival this year. Hi! Hi! You're adorable! Oh, thank you! <laughs> I love thank your you. shirt, by the way. Thank it is pretty you. great. Right? For those of you who can't see, oh, which, yeah. is everyone, which is everyone, <laughs> it says strong women intimidate boys and excite men. Yeah, and also excite women. Mm -hmm. That's true. And That's true. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, tell us a little bit about, about your screenplay before we dive into that. Okay, so my screenplay, An Overnight Parking, is about four women who get trapped in underground parking structure with a masked killer. Sure. But it's really about a woman getting out of an emotionally abusive relationship. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, now I need to see this. Because I do too. <laughs> too. Everyone is being like, I can see this. I'm like, let's make this happen. Let's right. give me a paycheck. Right. Yeah. And me the monies. Yes, please. And we will make this happen for please. you. Please. Oh, that, that, the concept. Uh, it's. It sounds like, and, and I know it's a short. Yeah. Or is it no, feature? it's it's a feature screenplay. Okay. Yeah. So it, it brings to mind P two. Which I know did yep. not go over well. It didn't go over well because it's not that very good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it, I watched B2. I mean, uh, sorry, Wes Bentley. I'm sure he's aware of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he was aware that it wasn't very good. Uh, you know, it's not scary to me. I, I don't... 
there people have been like, you don't find this thing out, uh, and and he, you know, West Bentley is is like the bad security guard right. in it, and it's not very scary. That's not sc- yeah. scary to me. I have a masked killer, and I. That's scarier to me. Yeah, because you don't know who it is or motive. Or because mm-hmm. it could be anybody. Yeah. Because right. much like in real life, it could be anybody. It could be anybody. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it doesn't matter. That's the thing is it doesn't kind of matter yeah. who right. it is. Yeah. Right. It's about men and being emotionally abusive and that they're everywhere and they could be anybody and they don't necessarily have a face and they all don't look the same. Right. Um, and, and the killer in it does have a uh, American flag. LED American flag mask. So. I mean, yeah, in Trump's America, it's fitting. It is, but yeah, <laughs> I, that, that is I, that is something that I. That's why one of the reasons I picked that. Right. Um, <laughs> also, it's just like a great deal on Amazon. Um. Uh, there, sure, <laughs> too. There you go. <laughs> it's so creepy, but like I've worn I've I've worn it around the apartment many times. Right, it's like it has this weird undulating light. It's so oh. creepy. Nice. Um, it sounds creepy, right? It's really creepy. <laughs> uh, it's like a slow. F- it's just like it's oh. creepy. It's I just creepy. got this image of you with this with this mask on, just like doing the dishes uh-huh. or like folding uh-huh. laundry. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I'm just at home. I've danced around in it. My husband's <laughs> not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh uh, so yeah, that's it's. Uh, did you ask a different question than I didn't answer? Oh no, you're fine. Okay. You're yeah, I mean, we tend to babble. We, yeah. we we are digressions of the podcast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> I, I have to say, I'm I'm way into way into the screenplay. I would love to see it. I Absolutely. To, you know, because I think it is. There's no better time in this country than right now. Yeah. For this kind of commentary. I mean, right. there's a reason. Like, it really, it, it is really important that it is all white men. They in, encounter about four or five white men, mm-hmm. and not in a group, but it's individually. And it's it is about you know the threat of that, the threat yeah. of you know. Right. There's there's a lot of different levels. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of really different levels to it. Cause it's <laughs> very deep. Uh, yeah. like but and it's also all the men who have been like <laughs> terrible to me are are. White men. I mean, sure. I married a very nice white man, but right. uh, but that's you know that's my experience. Right. The emotionally yeah, right. abusive boyfriend um, that I had, he was a white guy, sure. and um, and so it's just it's about my personal experience and then what I see see in the world and in the comedy world. I come from the I have a comedy background, and it's I just there's a lot of uh, misogyny and chauvinism, and it's so it's that's kind of one of the yeah. things that and we're hearing me. more about that now. As yeah. you should be. Thank you, Asian right? Internet. Which is good. Yeah. I mean, everyone knew, everyone like, in the comedy scene knew about Louis C.K. for years. Yeah. Years. I had it in a pilot five years ago right. about him masturbating on people. Like, right. it, people knew. Uh, people knew about that uh, stuff. So it's like. And that's just. Dude. It's dude, not. I, I get a fetish, but consent is consent. Right. It's, an, it's like, it's a shame. I think it's a shame thing, an addiction thing. And oh, yeah. like, it's, you know. I, I think he's been. He's been dealing with it, so that's good for him. Right. Comparatively. Yeah. And hopefully, like, the women he... Yeah. Yeah. The women he right. comes across. I don't think he should be trying to do shows again. Oh, my so God. No. I think but, Harvey... I saw Harvey but, Weinstein went somewhere oh, yeah. recently. Oh, yeah. I was like... In actors... A, like, a young female actors... No uh, one called a workshop. It's like, um, it was like a mixer, right? It was like a yeah. conference or yeah, something. Yeah, it was like this, like... And then didn't... Mixer thing, and then... Didn't one woman protest him and then she got kicked yep. out yeah something she was like doing that. a stand up set got up and said before I say anything basically I'm paraphrasing she's like before I do anything I just need to point out that he's here and that's not okay that's yeah. amazing and then a bunch of guys a bunch uh-huh. of white dudes old white men in the back 
started calling her cunt, started yep. calling her names, booter. Not fucking cool. And, and like, and she had the, she had Well, it's not stage. cool at any time. This well, time, yeah. it, it also happens to be, like, wildly offensive. Right. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to heckle, be off Statler and Waldo. Don't be a dick. Well, and on, yeah. top, <laughs> but on top of those guys in the back, there were still people in the general audience that got real upset, like, oh, don't bring him up. Right. Oh, don't. Look. He's literally right there. Yeah, yeah. right. No, no, no. He it, brought it, him up. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He decided <laughs> to come to a young female yeah. thing. Right. Absolutely. I just and feel like he should be too ashamed to leave the house. Pretty much. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and anybody who has that sort of thing called out about them should either be, be too ashamed to leave the house or actively work on it and be public about your work But on where it. is there... So I work... I was... Um, my background is in entertainment journalism, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I worked at Entertainment Tonight for four years and the paparazzi for three years right. and uh, E! News for a year and a half, and I worked at e-, e! News when the beginning of the Me Too movement happened, when yeah. all this stuff. I was covering it day in, day out, ever like... Yeah. Cor- right. Court docs, all that stuff. Uh-huh. And it is just... There are certain things. Uh, I mean... Uh, Aziz Ansari is one is one thing. Yeah. Um, and he's trying to rehabilitate and has sort of like rehabilitated his career. And I know he's doing stand up and stuff. Sure. But there's a difference between like being a rapist and yeah. and yet our president's whatever. So yeah. like, right. there's also it's really hard to it's really hard if your president's been accused of rape many many times. Yeah. Right. Um, and, 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 and there's happened. no consequences. Yeah. That's what I remember thinking the day like the 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 day he won it was like yeah. oh our president has been like accused of rape and mm-hmm. there's rape no problem and all sorts of horrible um, things yeah. yeah and yet here we are yeah right yeah, yeah. and I I mean I live in LA so I'm uh, in a very liberal I'm yeah. from West Hollywood yeah. like I'm from a very liberal sure. right. uh, area but um yeah, and, and the thing is, is that we, we've always, the general public doesn't know how deep all this goes, I'm sure. But we know, at least on some level, that this has been happening in Hollywood since Hollywood. I mean, yeah, I mean, my, my mother is an entertainment journalist, and I will not reveal the names of people, but, you know, in the 70s, she would be interviewing mm-hmm. very, very famous people, mm-hmm, and, right. um, you know, it's like, someone who's, um, I think, an Oscar winner, uh, just whipped his dick out in, in the trailer. And it was like, yeah, that's wow. it. Just people, uh, you know, she was a... There weren't a lot of entertainment female entertainment journalists mm-hmm. in... She was in the 70s. This was yeah. in the 70s. And she's right. a beautiful woman. And, sure. like, so people were so inappropriate. It was just... Mm-hmm. just It didn't matter. Like, it didn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Right. And I'm glad that it does. It always mattered. And I'm glad right. that women are speaking up about it now because yeah. it's... Right. There, there's a reason that it's a trope. Yeah. There's a reason mm-hmm. that the casting couch is a trope. Yeah. There's a reason, you know, mm-hmm. it's be, it, everything has a, a kernel of truth in it. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. People knew yeah. about uh, Bill Cosby. My dad's also oh, yeah. an entertainment journalist. And yeah. he's like, people have been known about Bill Cosby since the 80s. Like, yeah. people have known this. Mm-hmm. And nobody did anything because it's part of that, like, too big to fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this person is too famous to have this scandal rock their life. Yeah, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. Let yeah. it right. rock it. Mm-hmm. Let it rock it because it deserves to be rocked. I think it's also too famous uh, that they're a too famous and they're b like it hasn't it hasn't spread enough. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, but I you know as someone who had to cover all of it, mm-hmm. it was interesting to see which ones 
got like blew up so yeah. it destroyed kind of their these people's careers right. or which ones didn't and some of them were much were violent like violence yeah. or rape uh -huh. or things like that and the, and their careers ha hadn't been destroyed haven't sure. and like I'm like it's not nuts. to name names, but I'm just I see who still has a career, and I was like, did right. everyone? No one. Yeah. No, this story didn't go anywhere. But right, right. It's 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 on a very grand scale. I compare it to staying together for the kids mm -hmm. or getting a divorce. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Bill Cosby. You know, do we want to keep this beautiful image of America's mm -hmm. dad, right. or do we want to show the yeah. the horrible truth of America's dad? Right, and I, I think people turn the other cheek because they think that that's the, that well, that's the comfortable thing to do, mm -hmm. and it's been the comfortable thing to do for so long. Right, it, it's that relative you just don't talk about. It. Yeah, you know, um, and and it's also I'm sure directly related to money. This it's person is a cash cow. It's absolutely related yeah. to money. The people who are smaller, and that's why it took so long to. I mean, people knew about Harvey Weinstein being terrible for a long time but he's yeah he's he was very powerful and uh -huh. so it's hard to you don't want to take the powerful person down because you're afraid right you're afraid you're absolutely afraid. yeah you know yeah what is it going to do to me mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. my life in my career yeah. in my family my right yeah 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 all the all thanks things for running farrow yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you thank you yeah. you know and i mean it, it's sad I, i'm i'm sure that a lot of this is just white dudes being white dudes and they're horrible but like when you're talking about say um kevin spacey Woo, we knew about him for a long time oh, I know. i'm sure you did but also because he was so very private and wanted to be very private and i'm sure that that has almost a psychosis associated with it in that i need to have my private life and i can't because mm -hmm. i'm famous so I don't, I don't want to, you know, make, minimize anything that they did at all, but that has to be part of it, too. You know, I'm famous, so I have some power, and I can, you know, get what I want, but I don't want it to be public. So, that it, you know, there's that, it's going to be a scandal regardless thing happening, too. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I've heard about Kevin Spacey be, being a predator for m many years, yeah. and yeah. I will say I was... Um, Lucky to have been the only person on shift that night when Kevin Spacey came out as a as, as gay and like maybe a pedophile in uh -huh. like that statement, <laughs> yeah. and I was like in the e news newsroom. It was like it's like a two hundred two hundred three hundred person newsroom by myself. It was like nine p.m. when I was so it was like nine oh five right when I was going home, and wow. he like and then I was just like no. <laughs> I was like oh how do I? There's no there was. There, it was like, what headline do I do? Like, there's, there's, this is never, this kind of thing has never happened before. So yeah. it's like, it was, um, it, yeah. But yeah, you know, it, he's got, he's, he, he's not coming back. No, I don't think not he's at coming all. back. I mean, when when they take a completely filmed movie and reshoot your part, you're done. Oh, I went to. You're done. You're done. You went to. I went to a Q and A for uh, House of Cards, and nobody. I mean, the moderator. I was like. The, my mom, you know, the yeah. warrior journalist afterwards was like, you should have asked a question about Kevin Spacey. <laughs> right. Because it's the whole show, and they didn't uh -huh. even touch it once. Oh, I'm sure. You just see his spin, hands, spin, spin. like, hands at one point. But I was just like, <laughs> yeah. you have to, you have to yeah. address the elephant in the room. Absolutely. It's just, it, that's what's hard is, like, it's so much about it is optics and, um, 
Yeah, it was, yeah. but it was just interesting to see them do a Q&A right. without yeah. addressing yeah. them. Without even saying it. Without even know, saying it. Being like, so, you're, the lead is gone. How was that? Yeah. <laughs> right. That's all you have to say. Yeah. Right. And they're like, what lead? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Underwood who? Right. Never heard of him. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> He's who's not hands you had in this right. thing. So, so how much does your journalism experience in Hollywood inform your work? Well, my uh, comedy pilot that I wrote uh, and that that one best pilot at the Austin Revolution, best comedy pilot at Austin Revolution Film Festival last month. Congrats. It is all about, thank you. Yes, it felt really good uh, after a lot of rejections um, <laughs> um, and also some other stuff, good stuff. But uh, that is about a mother-daughter entertainment news duo who... Uh, who do a reboot of their entertainment news show. Sweet. So that's just about, like, me and my mom, we're not famous, but... Uh, right. But it was, that's all inspired by my mother and I. Nice. Um, Great. Uh, what helps the most for celebrity news is, um, is the fact that I learned how to write real fucking fast. Right. You know? Like, when that Kevin Spacey thing happens, mm-hmm. you have ten, you have ten minutes right. before... I don't know. Like, you just got to... Before you're lost in the flood. Yeah. Before, yeah, I was Be- like... Before you no longer have that script, I mean, I wish that... Right. But it's it's that, and then it's also, like, just the eyes on the eyes on you of, like, why isn't this up yet? Why? Because, like, because right. it's just happened. Yeah. Like, you don't have anyone checking your work. Mm-hmm. You don't... You <laughs> just posted, yeah. and it goes live, and it's crazy, and I hated it. I mean, for me, some people yeah. love that, mm-hmm. um, and it's just not. It, after 11 years of it, I really... Mm-hmm. I. I didn't want to be writing about the Kardashians every day. Right. So it influences me in that I know what I want to write and what I don't want to write. And then yeah. also the idea of, like, you just fucking write. Right. You write. Like, you don't, like, oh, do I want to be precious about this? I want to. I, I learn I learn about the story mm-hmm. um, through literally, like, putting my fingers on keys. Right. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. That's beautiful. So the, we love the fact that Jason has that panel every year on social progress. Yeah. It is fantastic. I'm, I'm like, I, I want to tell him, Jason, I want to I want to be a panelist next year. Because I'm like... I replied real fast. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, you, you, you always have filmmakers up there, but I know Waylon was up there last year as a consumer of yeah. media. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we are. You mm-hmm. know, we're operating from a very LGBTQIA mm-hmm. angle. Right. You know, because we're all in that family. Yeah. And, um... You know, we love the fact that people are paying attention. So, people are paying attention. Like, yeah. I mean, as someone who live, I live in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I'm like going to produ- producers meetings. I had a meeting with a production company this week, and we're just like, we can't have everyone be white. Sure. Uh, it it people in on the top care about those things. You don't. It's you have to think about them if you actually want like I didn't write something to just get written I wrote mm-hmm. something to get made and it's something you have to have representation yeah you look mm-hmm. to me you look like an idiot if you mm-hmm. don't have representation right no one's gonna want no one's gonna want four, wi- four white women uh, yeah. just four white women so to me it's you know I mean, too gay too straight whatever ethnicity yeah. I mean obviously sometimes that is going to be important but for the most yes. part 99% of the time it's not yeah. I mean, there, there's a. Re- I have the the males are all white because I'm making a commentary on it, so yeah. that is why that stuff matters. Mm-hmm. Dahlia, I, I have her as Caucasian because it's a reference to a, like a very obvious reference to Elizabeth Short and the right. victim, right. the victim of that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and I'm white, so that's how I see her. I don't really have a vision for the other three other than their character, right? Like their character types, right? Um, but yeah, I just think it's like just be inclusive. Also, there's so many people who like who are biracial, and so it's just. Yeah. Like, it doesn't always have to be something, like, talked about or commented, or, like, some same thing with trans. Like, yeah. you don't have to be, like, if there's a trans woman in this, it's not something that would be, like, we're, she's not being attacked because she's trans. She's being attacked because she's a woman. Right, right. Like, um, my husband just recently got obsessed with um, uh, Designated Survivor. Okay. And in the second season... Um, I feel like my mom likes that show. <laughs> well, I mean, it only lasted three seasons. Yeah. So, and one of them was on Netflix only. Okay. But that third season, they brought in, um, what is her name from Sense8? Oh. Oh, I don't know. I, people I, love, people I love her. love her. She's amazing. She, she showed up in um, Neon Demon. Okay. Just in a bit part. Yeah. yeah I'm like, yes, yeah. I love you. Yeah. Um, but she was a big part in getting trans visibility. Mm-hmm. But it was also, she's being attacked because she's trans and he's being attacked because she's related to him. Mm-hmm. You know, during this presidential election, I'm like, we don't always have to be a political piece. Yeah. You know, we can just be people. Yeah. Um, I think you, in the show, you, I felt like they did a good job yeah. of that. Yeah. Where it's just like, this is just a woman. Right. Yeah. Doesn't right. need to be a thing. And I understand yeah. that they did that with... Um, Jessica Jones. In the last season of Jessica Jones, just her secretary was this trans woman yeah. and they never said anything. They don't need to. Oh, they don't yeah, need yeah, to. Yeah. They don't yeah. need to. So, um, in, in thinking about that sort of thing, because I know you're big on representation, how do you draw the line between representation and a stereotype? How do you make that distinction? Um, I think that that's, you know, a, a hard, fi- a fine line. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's that I, in a way, I don't in this script feel like I have too many stereotypes um, because I don't specifically label anyone as any ethnicity. However, like, I do have a butch lesbian character Mm -hmm. because I, there's someone I know that I just based it on and I envision her, like, I just envision how she says things. Mm -hmm. And so that's like, I don't just like, oh, this is what I think, like, a a butch lesbian would say or a femme lesbian would say. Just kind of try to model it off of people. Like, do you use representation readers, things like that? Uh, I have, I have so many people read my stuff. Like, I'm in, I'm in a writer's group with 10 people, um, lesbian, yeah, I don't think there's anyone, yeah, lesbian, black, uh, Hispanic, like, they're all in, in the group, and so I just, I just send it to people, and, um, and then I get notes back. But I don't usually say, like read this for like the male perspective or read this for the gay perspective or read that I just want to hear the people's perspective yeah, sure. and that's why that's a, that's the upside of like having a lot of people read it yeah yeah you yeah. know and when if, you get those notes back I'm sure somebody would say something and it's like ooh that's a that's a no yeah I yeah. mean I've uh, I think it's um if I had something that was more specific that mm-hmm. I needed to I absolutely probably would sure. but I haven't had to yet I mean like this stuff before was like comedy stuff and right right um, yeah, oh, but yeah, I think it's important to get different perspectives. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Do you guys have any questions? I did want to say that as someone who is terminally forgetful, who has spent a lengthy amount of time stuck in an underground uh, parking garage because I forgot <laughs> where I was, um, I, so I, I couldn't find my car for like 30 minutes. It was a problem. Um, 
they are just really fucking creepy. They're so creepy. And like, <laughs> wait, so I didn't get to tell you. The reason I wrote this script is because I got locked in an underground parking structure oh with a friend of mine. The security guard <laughs> locked me no, in. Did you hear that yeah, bang and then did yelling? Oh. What happened? I don't know. Oh. And please, I'll, I'll go please. see oh, if please. everything's okay. You, uh, keep, so you guys keep, keep talking. Keep talking. talking. Keep talking, yes. We oh, have me someone keep talking? Yes, please, please. absolutely. Okay, please. so the reason I... None of this is getting edited out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the reason I wrote it is because I got trapped in an underground parking structure, not with a killer, with a friend. Right. Uh, we were eating ice cream, and this, this, literally the sign that I write about is like, car, it, there's like, I have a photo of the sign. It's like, it's so tiny. It's like washed out and it says like if you leave your car after 6 p.m. like you will get locked in but it's so tiny <laughs> and you can see it and I drove in I weirdly drove in past 6 p.m. we walked down we were eating ice cream yeah. we were like giggling about boys or something like right. that and we just like chatted for five minutes and then we go and the security guard locked us in <laughs> and then I called there's a number and they were like sorry we can't come and I was like but you lo- what like why would you even let us in <laughs> wait and it's what? I was just like, this is ridiculous, and uh, the car stayed. We got out, but I was like, what if there was a killer and we couldn't get out? <laughs> uh, and my friend loves that story. Um, <laughs> it's a good story. Yeah, so I didn't realize it would, uh, you know, inspire my horror career. Right. But, uh, there you go. Yeah, and so that uh, that is what was what inspired the whole thing and they're creepy and now that I've spent a, a weirdly lot <laughs> amount of time in yeah. so many underground parking structures they're just like weird shit there's like uh, like this weird can or this and this paint and people just leave shit I, there and it's like and then there's like the weird the, noises yeah. and yeah, they're oh, creepy like, everything's something's echo. always in yeah. there echoing and I always I'm not I don't have like a phobia of them but Occasionally, when I'm in them, I just like like also in the subway. This happens. Mm-hmm. I have like the whiz moment when I think the pillars are gonna come get me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, now that I'm writing about it, I'm right. just like every parking structure. <laughs> you're just, there's like, a lot yeah, of your eyes darting. Yeah. yeah, it was like someone could be hiding up there. <laughs> but then I was like, use it, Meg. Use it. <laughs> right. right. Well, um, I- do you think uh, do you think you have any more in you? After oh, absolutely. This? Oh, okay. oh, I have like multiple other ideas. When I was on my honeymoon, I was like, I have a great idea. A great <laughs> idea. My husband's like, what? Because we were in Bali and they were just kept being like, don't drink the water. And I was like, what if like it's not that you get sick to your stomach? It's like you turn into a monster. So yeah, I have a. Few, I need to see that movie too. Yeah, yeah. right. I have a few different <laughs> horror ideas, so I don't think I. I think um, I also think that. I think having a strong voice is really important, and I and I uh, love that. I think it's very needed in horror, and yeah. so I'm like, I'm here. I'm here for it. So. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, love it. Um, so it has been fantastic. So nice meeting you. Meg. Yeah. Um, please go enjoy the rest of the festival. I will. We will have this out for you either tonight or tomorrow morning. Oh my god, amazing. Sure. Amazing. Um, and. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Have a good time. Next up, we're going to be talking with Justin Nelson, the director of Check, uh, which is this delightful monster under the bed story. So we're looking forward to talking to him. Plus, he's adorable. So uh, super nice guy. We'll have him on right now. We've been having issues with our with our sound a little bit, so you will have to get oh, in yeah, close can, or hold no, the microphone. Oh no worries, I can I can I can lean right up. Cool. <laughs> so 
Hi, kids. We are back with Justin Nelson, the director of Check. Hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I was informing the audience there's this delightful little monster under the bed piece. Tell us about it. Yeah. Um, so it's basically about uh, this girl who's finally inviting this guy home for the first time. Mm -hmm. And you know how that can always be awkward. And she just has a few rules that she wants him to kind of follow. But the most important rule of those being you must check under my bed for monsters. That I've had more interesting suggestions from a trick. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. But the whole premise is, well, okay, well, what would happen if I didn't check? Right. Right. And I, that's amazing. And, and, again, unfortunately, I did not get to see it yesterday because this. Yes. Yes, responsibility. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, we just know instinctually that Jason picks good stuff. So we know you're in good company. Yes. Um, I, I got to open for uh, Daniel Isn't There, yeah. um, which was absolutely amazing and such a great piece to uh, actually be in front of. So yeah. it was kind of an honor to just do that. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, Jason's been awesome. This whole festival has been great. People have welcomed everybody with open arms. And yeah. uh, the filmmaker camaraderie, I feel, is really great. Like, you tell somebody about your short, and then other people go. It's, it's sure. very, very cool. Yeah. Is this your first year here? This is my first year at Nightmare. Um, it's actually my first time submitting anything I've ever done to festivals. So oh, that's wow. also kind of interesting to wow. be starting Major congrats. Thank you. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, and it was lucky enough to get into something like this because a lot of people were like, mm -hmm. you know, you should really, uh, you should really try to get into nightmares. And I'm like, okay, like, I'll yeah. give it a whirl. And we got lucky. And I don't think you got lucky. <laughs> you earned it. If Jason picked your film, you earned it. Definitely. Um, it was. It's been a great experience here so far. Great. Great. Yeah. I. I mean, literally everybody says that, and we enjoy repeating it. So it's totally <laughs> fine. So how did you come up with this idea with this grown woman who's like, please check under my bed for monsters. Right. So, <laughs> so the whole idea came to me, believe it or not, I was lying in bed, you know, and you have all these thoughts before you go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, well, it'd be really cute if a girl asked me to check under her bed for monsters or check her closet for monsters. And I'm like, that'd be kind of cute. I'm laying there with this thought, like, oh, yeah. that'd be fun. And then things just... <laughs> Just kind of go down a path like, <laughs> like, like yeah. well wait like well what if what if I had to keep checking what if I had to check every time I stayed the night like right. I had to keep checking this and it became this this like responsibility of checking under this bed and yeah. how long would it take before I was like okay I am done with the checking under the bed thing yeah and that's sort of where it went mm -hmm. and I think it's just such an innocent idea. You know, growing up, you're we always have these, like, you know, Mom, can you check the closet for a monster? Or can you check under the bed? Yeah. You know, don't leave your feet over the bed. Like, somebody mm -hmm. could pull, like, all of those little things. And I don't know, it's just fun to put, like, a little twist on it as, you know, this adult woman yeah. kind of dealing with that. Yeah. Um, and I'm all about exploring, like, childhood horrors. Yeah, I mean, so. there's something about them that are initially so innocent and it's like what can you bring that's like terrifying right. out of yeah. that innocence yeah. right yeah. like that's what it's about um, and ultimately ours is is a creature piece like there is obviously something nice. under the bed and we well I drew a little influence from from I mean everybody's got their favorites like yeah. Carpenter's a big one for me 
um, none of him at all in, in this yeah. particular piece. <laughs> <laughs> in, in this particular piece. But um, believe it or not, on one of the sequences, we do have um, these arms tear out of a bed, and they, they uh-huh. hold our protagonist down. Yeah. And the image that's kind of burned in my brain for like arms like holding somebody is actually from Ghostbusters, yeah. when Sigourney Weaver's in the chair, and uh-huh. Zool, like the arms are yeah. out. Right. And I told my effects guys, I said, I want it to feel like that. I want it to be like nice. those kinds of arms, like really restraining, you know, our protagonist. He's a he's a grown man. He's pretty fit. It's right. like, how many arms is it going to take to hold him? I'm like, eight sounds good. Yeah. Eight arms, eight <laughs> arms should be able to hold somebody and, down, and, right? And it's a good even number. <laughs> yeah. Brings to mind that whole octopus thing. It's yeah, all good. yeah, you know, like you know, t- touching on like Cthulhu, you know, like well, yeah, but um, a lot of fun and. It, and even uh, the, the monster itself is made up of things like old bed sheets and mm-hmm. um, dust bunnies and things like that. The whole idea yeah. is like all stemming from from childhood things. And yeah. our special effects guy even took his daughter's blanket, and it's part of it's part of his body. Yeah. Oh, neat. you mentioned that during the Q and A yesterday. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, like, I was like, first off, you've got this personal thing, this yeah. baby blanket that is that you know this child grew up with, and it's just this intensely personal thing and you've made a monster out of it yeah. it's great and it's it's great that his kids like are all about it that's my blanket <laughs> and he and he actually ended up adorn, you know, adorning the costume and let him play the monster because oh, he like nice. built it so I'm like if you want to play it it's open there you go um, and uh, yeah and I, I, I want to just talk about my actors for a minute sure because sure. they were because they were really brilliant in this and um uh, Jamie Morrow, who's actually nominated for best uh, female actress in a horror short Very cool. for this for this festival, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, and Jabari Everett is is the lead, and uh, they played wonderfully. Um, mm-hmm. We took quite a lot of time to really develop their characters and kind of talk about this thing. So, uh, like for her, uh, one of the things we talked about was. Uh, she has, she's like, she has all these rules. And I'm like, yeah. really, she doesn't have all these rules. She has one rule, which is check under the bed for monsters. Right. But by adding all of these other rules, it kind of makes her seem more normal. Yeah. Whereas if the only question you were asked when you met somebody was to check under the bed, you might be like, this person's a little weird. Yeah. But if they were somebody who had all these built-in intricacies already, yeah. mm-hmm. it yeah. seems a little more normal. Yeah. So we kind of talked about that. And then we also talked about how many guys has she gone through sure. how many times right. have you had to go through this right to kind of like piece yeah. it all together and, and it just seems like this entire situation where <laughs> she's got dudes that will not check under the bed i'm sure <laughs> just just seems to be like you have accumulated a body count yes <laughs> like how do you clean it like how do you explain these people going missing you know so we had all I made her do a journal and I had her keep all of this stuff I had them actually go on a date as well like oh, wow. they both have significant others but yeah. I, I said why don't you guys go on a date I yeah. go don't tell me about it but mm-hmm. I don't want you to be you guys try to play these characters a little bit and just sure. go out and kind of experience and um, they put in a lot of hard work um, and I feel like their performances really helped the piece because I think sometimes when we do our horror stuff and me included like mm-hmm. we get in obsessed with effects and body count and, uh, and you know how it's gore, looking yeah. but like you want characters that you can kind of enjoy following their yeah. stories so right. I, think that, I think that was this important this is the first time we've had a director talk about that part of the process 
I think and I love it. <laughs> I am digging this because I always want to know how you get that performance out of your actors. I think, I think one is they have to believe in the story is the first thing. I mean, yeah. and obviously you're hoping you're casting people that are going to believe in your story. Yeah, sure. But the second thing is, is I think you have to build a rapport uh, with them, and you don't necessarily always have a lot of time to do that. Sure. So I feel it's like getting them to trust you. We rehearsed a lot. We rehearsed over seven times before we even went in front of a camera. Oh, damn. And I feel it helps them build a relationship for one where they can trust each other and they can trust me to, if I'm asking them to do something like, it's like, we've already kind of covered all of those, all yeah, of the, all right. the ground. Yeah. And you find things. In all of that rehearsal, you find like a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And then when they get in front of the camera, it's like second nature for them. It's like, all right, we've done this a million times. Like, I know kind of how to do it. Yeah. The key is to just like work it enough, but not overwork it. So yeah. they come in stale too. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a balance. And for her, she had to do some very like emotional uh, pieces. Right. And I think the big thing was that it was like, I told people to clear the room. Like, let's just give her the space, mm -hmm. let her get into it. And, you know, we take, yeah. I say a few things to her. We developed a relation, a personal relationship. So sure. I knew things about her past or things. So I could give her a cue here or a mm -hmm. cue there. And nice. I think that's how it worked. And Jabari had to do one of the toughest things is he had to just lay there, like for a lot of this shoot, Right. He's in a bed, and effects worked, as we all know, takes a long time. Yeah. So yeah. he was in that position for a long time, and it was not like a normal bed. Our bed was modular, oh. so we shot like everything on one level. Mm -hmm. Then we had a second level where the arms were through, uh -huh. yeah. and then a third level where we could get part of his body underneath the bed. Like yeah. It was crazy. We had eight people underneath the bed operating arms, oh, and nice. then him sitting there through all of this and his voice just went hoarse from oh, screaming no. like after sure. after oh comment. my god but um he was amped like i was he was nervous about that part particularly he's right. like yeah. am i going to be able to sell like this yeah so i just told my arms i'm like just really don't give him a chance to move right. and i told him i'm like give it your all try right. and get out of this bed uh -huh. and you know i think the performance has come when you can kind of give your actors a few things to kind of do like yeah we yeah, I, I think rehearsal is a, is a lost art in film and TV. I think they rush to put everybody in yeah. front of the camera, and because everybody's excited, yeah. me included, but that's a rule. I mean, I did a little acting. I did acting to understand the process. So yeah. then when I have actors, I'm not asking them to do anything I feel I couldn't do myself. Right. So you bring them in, and, and rehearsal is everything. Yeah. It's everything. Your performances are ten times better. Ten yeah. times better. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just... This concept is blowing my mind. I love, <laughs> I love it. I mean, I've seen Monster Under the Bed movies before. This one just sounds fresh. It's different. I feel like it's. Yeah. we definitely took something and turned it on its side and, and had fun. And, I mean, the effects did come out great. Um, guys who worked in them have worked on stuff on The Walking Dead. And, and I had owed them some favors. Or they had owed me some favors because uh -huh. I had done some stuff for them. Um, nice. And uh, we have a good, like, little group of, uh, of people that, that all work. Uh, last nice. year, nice. as a matter of fact, uh, our effects got head foreman. Uh, he got one in this festival called There's One Inside. Which oh, uh, played I think I saw that one. Yeah, uh, he's a, a guy who gets like trapped outside of his house, and there's a monster inside, oh, yeah, yeah, and he's trying to come one. up with all these ways. Like the, the one he where he's working for the the government agency, or whatever, yes. deals with monsters. Yes. yes. Oh my god, that was hilarious. And it's a great little piece. Yeah. And that's a, those guys are all part of the we're all part of the same Sweet. kind of group. We just kind of help each other out. Nice. I think that's what this is about too. Um, yeah. Just to circle back with that a little bit, I feel like 
it's so great that everybody here just like is just so freaking supportive and like in <laughs> you know exchanging family, ideas man. and like yeah. you know numbers and it's so much fun. We're it's a family. So much You're fun. part of a family. Now. <laughs> I'm your, I'm the cousin you don't talk about. It's fine. I'm gonna be the cousin you t- I talk about now. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell all my buddies. I'm like you gotta get on the podcast. You gotta listen to this. This right. is like this is so fun. I think yeah. it's amazing that you do this. By the way, like thank you. I think it's nice for for one for us filmmakers. Like yeah. not all of us get exposure like this and. Mm-hmm. And it's to the right community. It's going yeah. to the right people. Yeah, um, and you guys are just so nice. Like <laughs> we yeah, try and be and really, really supportive. You know, our being here is is Jason. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's he's, he's been awesome. Anytime you're just standing there, he's an angel on earth. This yeah. Time. He comes over and he's like, "Hey, is everything going right?" I'm like, right. "Yeah, I'm just taking two minutes." He's yeah. like, "Get in there. There's movies right. playing, man." Yeah. <laughs> he's, no. he's, uh, he's 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 so rah rah. I love guy. it. I love I love Jason. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Plus, there's other things that we've already mentioned several times on this show that we like about Jason. <laughs> but, um, so I, I know we're about halfway through. What are you, what are you looking forward to in the rest of the oh, festival? Yeah. So rest of the festival, um, I want to see the, um, the, the sorority, the, oh, the slaughterhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Slumber party. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple slumber I want to bring up. Um, I did see VFW, which was absolutely amazing. It's yeah. like a very much like a Carpenter film, I've um, heard, yeah. and, and I mean, great actors in it, older actors, nice. and the scenario is definitely very Assault on Precinct Thirteen, but it's I keep okay. hearing that, but yeah. it's modernized and it's got a great feel. Stephen Lang's like a tour de force in it, and and if you if anybody gets a chance to check that out, like Sweet. at a festival, yeah, I, check it out. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to check it out, but unfortunately I had to adult that day. Um, yeah. But I, anything William Sadler's in, I'm sold. He's I'm so done. good. Yeah. He's I so mean, good. like, anybody that can play death and get a wedgie. Yeah. But then also <laughs> be a bad guy and die hard, too. True. It's like, <laughs> who, who, what, you know, why were we blessed with you as a <laughs> He can do anything. <laughs> he's, he's one of those character guys. And, and I think that's what's great about VFW is a lot of them are character guys that yeah. are playing these parts. So you're getting all of this like yeah. all the feels all the feels yeah. sure. I, I'm hearing this and also maybe hearing kind of like a thing vibe oh yeah a little bit yeah. it's it's yeah. the isolation like mm-hmm. guys trapped in a vehicle it's it's, yeah. it's really cool yeah. it's really cool I, I will definitely have to find that one now. definitely definitely do um, I'm looking forward today actually uh, I'm gonna do do a quick shout out to, to my friend uh, my friend Eric uh, Boge has got uh, Herman that's playing tonight at eight, like I'm yeah, very. We're ex- talking to him at four. Um, yeah, very excited. I'm very excited to see his piece. He came to see Czech and was very supportive and really cool. So I want to make sure uh, I give him a shout out. I definitely want to see that. Nice. Um, I just saw. I just came from um, the comedy horrors block B. Oh, uh, and, and uh, we saw. I saw two really, really great ones. Um, I'm gonna say this right and not wrong. Um, <laughs> so give me one second. Um, I saw Possession, which was really good. Cool. Very good. Um, Zeke, the director, also stars in it. It's nice. really, really great. Um, and funny, like so funny. Right. Um, and then the other one, uh, Inflatio, not Inflatio. Inflatio. Okay. Inflatio. Yeah. I knew it was going to be weird. Yeah. I definitely was reading that differently. Yeah. yeah. And also, everybody is doing yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, but also, a really great piece. And I love the setup of this uh-huh. uh, of this piece. Um, 
it's not what you think it's gonna be. Yeah. Like, kept going like, this is supposed to be funny, and it's really like creepy. Like, well, and then you, you get your funny, but yeah. like, <laughs> but they set it up so I, well. I, I I kept seeing that title, and I'm like. Did they make a horror movie about like that girl from Willy Wonka? <laughs> <laughs> Violet, you're turning Violet. Violet. Um, Scare Package um, is one to definitely check out oh, if you yeah. guys yeah. get a chance. That's on that's, your list, isn't it? Yeah. That's on your list. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. Aaron, the producer yeah. and the director of kind of the through line of, of that series of, of stories, that kind of, it's kind of like an, almost an anthology piece. Nice. Um, He's here. Um, it's a great piece. It was a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Sweet. Nice. Sweet. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, 90 yeah. films or 80 films. There's. Oh, I know. You're gonna. Uh, we got a monkey's paw. I just. I uh, just saw yep. that. <laughs> I, I saw the, the thing for that on Facebook. I'm like, oh, that looks so good. Yeah, uh, that's so a good. friend of mine, uh, Aaron, who who directed and wrote that, and uh, yeah. did a fabulous job. It's really funny. Sweet. Uh, so yeah, I mean. This is the festival to be at. Yeah, place to like yeah. see these things. Absolutely. There's so many good, so many good pieces. Yeah. So what's next after Tech? For me, um, I've got two things in the works currently. Uh, I start uh, a film that's being titled Proposal right now, and that's going to start uh, the beginning of January. It's sort of, um, it's a romantic comedy with a turn. So oh, cool. it's uh, it's really going to set itself up as a romantic comedy, and then it, it's going to get very dark very fast i mean um, we love that yeah i mean you like to kind of you know do something different so i've got that going and i've got this really silly project that i've been working on we love silly and it's about um a one-armed killer his name is Mackenzie, and it's all tongue-in-cheek uh mm-hmm. it's shot like 70s early 80s right. but they have cell phones i decided okay. i want cell phones for <laughs> these people right um and it's all about this kid who loses his arm by flying a kite out of a car window when he was young. Oh my God! Okay. Yes. And then 15 to 20 years pass, and he's back looking for his lost arm. So he's ripping <laughs> people's arms off and trying oh to bit God. them off. And oh it's God, yeah. it's like it's like a you know Freddy or Jason, but he's like just yeah. looking for his arm. Yeah. And he's kind of a little clumsy, like he right. gets it done sometimes, it doesn't the other times. But right. it's based on a story <laughs> my dad told me. I love it. Fun. Yeah, it's gonna be there. Great. I am there. Yeah, I mean, that. I'm hoping I have that ready by by next time. And it's just Damn. literally a trailer. Like, I'm just cutting. Oh, it's, cool. It's a trailer. It's, I came up with nice. an idea for this movie. That's um, amazing. Slap that on YouTube. It's we'll gonna be review it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. This is a great like setup. I, All right. I can't this think is new. This, this is new. This I, year we were at that little round table right yeah. there. Yeah. That's all we had. That's not fair. That, this and, is way This better. room didn't exist. It was just all in here next to the bar. You know, the bar was... Yeah, it was just separate bigger. seating, and there was yeah. a couple, like, displays. Right. But we were, you know, we were sitting right there, interviewing there, just in the loud, and they gave us this this year, and I'm like, oh, Jason. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. This really good. Good. If you require here, such you a favor for in this, front of me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Well, we, we brought the candy. <laughs> But, uh, well, RC brought the candy, for which I will eventually reimburse. And the bowl. And the bowl. The bowl is adorable. I want to steal the bowl. Um, But, no, this this room is totally new, and we're calling it the champagne room. I am enjoying the champagne. Yeah. I mean, and if you need to just come chill, come chill. Okay. Because we're not always conducting interviews. But, uh, no, I came in, like, at 1.30 in the afternoon on Thursday. Because I'm like, I need to set up. I need to get everything ready. And I'm so excited because I'm a nerd and I get really excited. <laughs> um, 
and I, he's, I'm like, where are we supposed to set up? And he shows me this, and I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? He's too me? good to us. I, he really is. I'm like, seriously, again, I, I know that you guys were talking when I said this, but I'm like, Jason, if you require sexual favors, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> I am so down. So... But anyway, you are a fantastic individual, and we have loved talking to you. I've loved talking to you, too. It's been a great great experience, and uh, I can't thank you enough. It's oh, you're very pleasure. welcome. We are so happy to get the <laughs> word out about everybody's work here, because we know it's all amazing. Awesome. awesome. And congratulations you, yeah. on it being your first entry. Like, oh, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. I know <laughs> we said it before, but damn. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, anyway, enjoy the rest of the festival. Thanks so much, guys. You're welcome. Yeah, pleasure. Yeah. Bye. Bye. All right, that was huh, that was amazing. I love that interview. That was a wonderful one. Next up, we're going to be talking with Marcus Koch. I'm going to say Koch because I don't want to pronounce it the other way, because why the hell not? Uh, he's behind the documentary Beyond Horror, and he's coming up right now. All right, we are back with Marcus Koch. Uh, Cook. I, I'm hoping. Yeah, that, Cook. Yeah, that's okay. I'm, Everyone gets it. Yeah. It's, it it's a, a weird last name. Cook. Cook. Like okay. C-O-O-K. Well, even better. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad with, I'm, I'm happy pronouncing it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, I didn't catch you. I didn't, uh, Jesse Sites. Jesse Sites. Yeah. And they're with Beyond Horror. Yes. And this is a documentary, right? Yeah. Correct. Um, tell us about it. Because we have not had a chance to see a lot because we're in here doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Very, very sad. I missed it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, we'll definitely have to get you all screeners. Um, oh, for us. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so we'll we'll make sure that you guys get those. Um, so what Beyond Horror is is it is um, a first of its kind documentary that goes into the complete history of extreme cinema. Oh. So stuff that's like kind of like just pushing things a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Um, so think of you know it's the difference between Nightmare on Elm Street versus something like a Serbian film. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know, they, they both, uh, we tend to try to put them in the same umbrella as horror, mm-hmm. but one is clearly uh, a little bit more advanced than right. the other. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. So we're talking like, you know, Gremlins versus Green Inferno. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and a lot of the stuff that we cover is like, you know, primarily in the underground uh, stuff like the August Underground trilogy, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Vomit War trilogy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's the very. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. The very dark side of cinema. Sure, yeah. sure. So, and, and being horror fans ourselves, what drives you to, to look more into the darker stuff than just everything else? I mean, are, are you more concerned with, like, the the marketability thing? Is it just kind of this punk rock, we want to deal with the dark stuff? What's going on with that? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was something that uh, we both were involved in, both as uh, viewers and as consumers. Okay. And um, so we're very, very passionate about the subject to begin with. But um, outside of that, we kind of realized that there wasn't really like any kind of out there getting like the full story which included the story of the filmmakers like as well right. you know there, there's a lot of horror documentaries out there you know and there's even a very great documentary on the history of specifically snuff films and yeah. the legitimacy oh, of them I love it. which yeah. is wonderful wonderful yeah. documentary but uh, there really wasn't a lot that focused on this and so we were like you know we, we've been wanting to break into documentaries anyway because we're the kind of nerds that will research that sure, <laughs> just sure, for fun absolutely. you know yeah. like a weird subject go down a rabbit hole 
Yeah. But uh, we thought this would be like a really great place to start for that. Nice. Yeah. And and both her and I are both uh, you know also makeup artists as well or effects people. So and we've worked on a lot of these uh, underground films. You know, the more extreme stuff, especially for me because I do like a lot of body part special effects, yeah. a lot of blood, okay. guts, and gore. Right. So I get to work with all these guys, and um, oh. it's just like yeah, no one had ever dared to cover like in a documentary yeah. type form I, I mean it seems to me that they would it's almost a fear thing it's like do we want to give this extreme horror it's props and really we do mm-hmm. I mean as horror people I mean I watched a Serbian film I will probably not watch it again <laughs> but we want to see it yeah. we want to see the extreme stuff because we want to say oh my god I watched it it's so gross yeah and we kind of yeah. focus uh, you know kind of look at everything from more like an academic point of view like what's the psychology beyond why we're drawn to like dark stuff and sure. and it becomes almost like that like roller coaster ride which is going to give you the next like Okay, this one's a bigger roller coaster with a death-defying drop. I'm, I want to drop down that and try it. And then you sure. see some some roller coasters, and you're like, mm, maybe that's not for me. Yeah. You know, and yeah, and yeah. I think you know with film and and extreme film in in particular, you know, you have those sort of things. It's like, okay, it, I'm gonna sit through this, and it's kind of like an endurance test. Like, can I make it? Should I do this? Right. You know, and once you kind of commit, you know. Why give up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm here now. Uh, so what what drew the two of you personally to extreme horror and everything? Is it because of your makeup background? Is it um, because of your viewership? What What is it? Um, for me, um, it, it was actually something that was very therapeutic. Um, I found that uh, a lot of just regular media in general tends to gloss over like harsh subject matter. And uh, it, to an, the end of it's really kind of insulting when you think about it. Um, in the documentary, I actually have like this like little bit where I talk about how, you know, we talk, want to talk about misogyny and have like that conversation. And I'm like, okay, but which is actually more damaging? Like when you watch like a TV show like Sex in the City and you see four women who are very accomplished and like have these amazing careers and are beautiful but their lives are ruined because a boy doesn't like them right you know or this film that's like actually showing like the real gritty side Uh you know of Mm -hmm. what like human nature can be and so personally I just really like connected with the honesty in the material and so I kept seeking out more and more as a viewer and then when I got older like began creating like those films And, and for me, just uh, being a special effects artist, like, I, I want to see, like, what's going to be the next special effect to shock me, and then, like, okay, well, what is everyone else doing, and what can I do that's going to be, like, shocking and blow people away, like, with my effects work, so. Right, so. Right, and uh, you does some crazy stuff. I, 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 of that, I have no doubt. Yeah, we're, we're hair brothers. Yeah. He has this delightful pink going on. Pink hair, he's, he's got a beautiful shade of orange. <laughs> Very vibrant road cone orange. (laughs) So, um, you said, uh, you had mentioned that this is the premiere Mm -hmm. of the film. How's that feeling? Uh, Less nervous now, because, like, I I was expecting either a very low turnout um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) or a lot of walkouts, and there really wasn't any of that. Um, Yeah. I I saw two people walk out, because we got a whole, like, ten-minute segment on a filmmaker filmmaker uh, Lucifer Valentine who makes some of the most effed up like gross disgusting right. violent things yeah, sure. and I and it's a barrage of like 10 minutes of straight clips while he's talking about it and I saw two people get up and I was like oh that that they hit the wall and then 
they came back and then like after the show they're like well we had to pee really bad and we yeah. didn't want to <laughs> we didn't want to miss it but like we couldn't hold it anymore yeah. so I was like oh okay cool make no assumptions here I mean we all know what we're getting into yeah. in this festival and Jason loves his nasty he really does um, also quick aside if you're comfortable with it you can totally say fuck oh are there children out there listening? No, 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 we, 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 we make it very plainly clear we're 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 an adult language yeah. podcast. Okay. I mean, because we kind of have to be uh, almost on some level because we're all LGBTQIA. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna come up, mm-hmm. and we we're dudes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we objectify other dudes all the time, up to and including Jason, and he knows it. So, um, you know, we understand that we understand that that's what our audience is there for. Uh, you know, our tagline is uh, you know, eighty percent sass, twenty percent gay." Now, oh my gosh, totally that's really it's really amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he, he encompasses that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's it's all a matter of knowing your audience, and like Jason knows his audience. We mm-hmm. all come here expecting to see. You know, from the cutesy, you know, horror comedy stuff, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Through the midnight shows. Through the midnight shows, mm-hmm. which are, duh, <laughs> what, what, what the fuck was that? You know, we watched my favorite anecdote from last year. Um, he likes to tell it because he was experiencing it. I was just the one that said it. Uh, we watched Camp Death 3 in 2D. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's an awesome title. It's, and it was it's the a great sequel the sequel is is Camp Death Three Part Two in Three D. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Perfect. and Matt Frame, the director, wonderful guy. Definitely. Um, yeah, and aside from our particular personal issues with some of the content, um, it's a fantastic movie. It's super fun. Um, but in the middle of it, I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? And I could not stop myself from actually saying that really loudly. So, He's just saying it was sharp. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, I'm, I'm just loud. <laughs> but no, we, we get that that's going to happen. So, cool. you know, we're happy to see it. And we're happy to know that people are exploring it and giving us more of that history. Because I looked at August Underground, and frankly, those are some movies that I could not finish watching. They're they're yeah. they're rough and just unpolished. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're they're dirty feeling and I think that kind of lends that like realism to it cuz it, it looks like you just yeah. Some guys like went around with a camera just filming them walking and driving and doing dumb shit right. and then murdering people. Right. And so yeah. it's like, oh, is am I supposed to be watching this? Like I found this. And they were almost putting uh, putting on this uh, this BDSM thing with it, which made it a little more creepy. Yeah. Uh, but then the vomit came and I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. I don't do that. Yeah, yeah vomit well. gore, that's that's a, an acquired gore, yeah. taste, I yeah. suppose. Can it not be? No pun intended. No. Oh. Oh. That it's like, I can watch I can watch some horrific things, but for whatever reason, vomit gets me. I, I, we're finding that that is like something that like really is a trigger for like a lot of people in terms of like yeah. where they like draw the line and it's I mean, well, emetophobia is a thing. Mm-hmm. It, it is. No, yeah. it, it really is, and and it's just so like amusing. I'm like, wow, I'm like cut off and dead to the world because I can like watch it and it's just like nothing. Yeah, like, nothing. I might as well be watching like Sesame Street. You know, <laughs> right. it doesn't like affect me at all. It also depends <laughs> how it's done. Sometimes I can handle it. 
like in Trick or Treat, they had that one oh, yeah. on on the porch, just gallons of chocolate. Yeah, vomit. but it's it's like an artifice that yeah. you can tell when it's like you know, yeah. right? Fake. So and when you yeah. get the carrots and corn. Which is everything. I'm like, okay, that's a little too much. Like, it's starting to get, like, real. And then in Lucifer for Valentine's, that case, it is real. Like, I mean, that's, they're really doing that, you know? And you're like, oh, that's okay, you know? (laughs) It it, it does start to get, like, a little, like, crazy. I didn't need to know your lunch. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like he should be friends with, like, um, John Waters. Waters, Oh, my gosh, right? Oh, yeah. I'd be curious as the... He's, like, the horror John Waters for me. (laughs) What John Waters would think of his films, or if John Waters would be like, that's trash. And the weird thing is, like, my trigger is, like, I can see, you know, people puking, but if so- if someone spits or drools, like, that'll that'll kick me into gear. Yeah. Uh, there's another film that's screened, I don't know if it's screened yet or screened it um, later tonight. Uh, it's called uh, Obsessed. Okay. And that that's got some some spitting in it that like I almost couldn't make it through. And it's just he's spitting in a spoon, and I'm like, what? Yeah, tonight, Edmund. Oh, okay. Spoiler. Spoiler. We have an interview. But oh man, but I am really glad that they're getting some more documentaries in here because I didn't. I, I think they had one last year that I didn't get. To I see. do think they have one. But uh, I'm glad that they're they're bringing in people that are exploring horror and yeah, how it yeah. affects us. Especially in such an interesting way, given that, not that it's a new topic, but that it's a new topic for a documentary. Yeah. It's not, right. it's not another fucking documentary on Ted Bundy. Like, those have their place, and I yeah. fall asleep to them, but, like, it's really cool that this is... Yeah. Well, and, and that's like kind of the thing that's like I, I find super interesting as well is that it isn't like a new subject matter. You know, like right. when we started going back into like the history and how far back we wanted to go, like with like extreme entertainment, it's like, well, if you really want to rewind it, like, okay, the Coliseum days. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And I mean, people have just been like kind of bloodthirsty forever. Yeah. And, and I think that there's like this, you know, for people who are kind of like outside of this influence, they see this stuff and they're like, oh my God, this is so fucked up. How, where, how did we get to this point? Right. And I'm like, so when were we not there? You know, like, it's like yeah. Shakespeare. All this like kind of stuff was like pretty violent, you know. Yeah. And for <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. People have always looked at torture and execution and all the disgusting things as entertainment. Yeah. yeah. And people need to remember that the right. fact that the fact that vomitorium is an actual theater, mm-hmm. like it's it's still a theater term, and it comes from exactly what you think, blows yeah. my mind. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like. People would gorge themselves, go puke in the hall, and then come back outside and, and watch people get killed more. Right. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but then, seriously, and then all of a sudden, like, necromantic doesn't sound so bad. Right. Like, yeah. when you see, like, in that context, right. you're just like, okay, well, this right. is, well, like, game. Just, yeah. You just found someone to get freaky with. They just don't <laughs> yeah. have to be alive. Okay. Yeah. Oh. oh, man. It's incredible. Yeah. But... Anyway, thank you so much for coming to the show. Yeah, thank you for having us. We are happy to get the word out about everything here. So, it was so much fun chatting with you guys. Yeah, yeah, and we look forward to seeing it. All right, kids. Next up, we have Eric Boge, the director and writer of Herman, which looks super cute, and I think it already played, and I missed it. It plays at 10. Does it play at 10? It's like four times. Oh my god, I keep doing that. (laughs) I need to pay attention to my life. I need to pay attention to my life. So, 10 o'clock tonight. Herman is playing, so he will be with us right now. Yeah,
I'm Eric, by the way. Arsene. Arsene? Stephanie. Stephanie. Very nice to talk to you. Yeah. Okay. Got the names. Right. And we are recording as we speak. Okay. So this is Eric Boge. Boge? Boge. Like Dodge or the Bee. Thank you. I say that a lot. Okay. And he is the director and writer of Ferment. Yes. Now, this airs tonight at 10. Yes. Yes. Tonight at 10 in the midnight block. Nice. Oh, so it's going to be one of those. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. So Ferment is a daytime horror short. Follows a young boy who finds a strange figurine on a beach, and it sort of has a strange, like a mysterious effect, I'd say, on his family. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't want to say too much more because it's a short, right. and part oh, of the fun is kind of letting it take play out. Yeah. Right, right. I, I, I love that too. I'm, I'm just like, he's telling me, and I'm thinking, Brady Bunch, Tiki Idol. When, uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Um, I think. I think what's fun about horror is that you can play with a sense of light and dark. Yeah. And there's as much room for like humor and lightness as there is the sort of shadowy things. Right. You, and you have the second person that specifically right? mentioned horror, <laughs> uh, you know, the lightness to balance the dark sort of thing. It so. makes a lot of sense because I think when you're sort of getting that full range of emotions, it makes you feel them a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, Titan. So at least in theory, that was sort of right. like the goal with the film was to sort of subvert expectations about what horror can be. And I don't think there's a, a lot of jump scares, so I wouldn't expect that kind of um, that kind of horror. But it's you know I'm more interested in suspense, and I really love like Hitchcock and those sort of like classic films. Right. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Like Peter Weir's a, a filmmaker who really inspired a lot of this because he made a film uh, called Picnic and Hanging Rock that's like a classic daytime horror film. Right. Yeah. And it's sort of hard to even know, even though you're being shown things on screen. I just thought it was kind of profound that you don't necessarily know what it is, that ambiguity is like so yeah. powerful. Right. Um, so, like, I am digging the idea. Yeah, really I know RC is pretty stoked. Yeah, to be we were. So when when Stephanie and I got here on Thursday, we were over at one of the tables in the corner, like looking at all the swag, and we were talking about something. I don't remember what it was now. It's not super important. We were talking about something, and and I think she was in the middle of a sentence, and I went, "I'm sorry, hang on." And, and I, I I picked up one of the little cards for Herman. I, like, I just saw this, and I need to talk about it. I love that reaction. There's anything better than, than that. <laughs> yeah. So that's well, the artwork is so, um, is so intriguing. Yeah. yeah. It is. And it kind of brings this this mind to mind of like the Cthulhu thing. Yeah. Like this thing coming from the ocean. And like, I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I need it. And like, uh, what are those What are those weird little Christian dolls? Precious Moments. Oh it's like Precious Moments, but Chthonian. And I was yeah. like... I was like, like yes. baffled staring at it. Well, I was like, well. I, I should jump in and say that I really did find a lobster figurine when I was a young boy. Okay. And that was the inspiration for the film as much as like. I mean, did you also yeah. name it Herman as a kid? Um, I won't answer that. Okay. I don't, I don't think it helps either way okay. uh, to share. But I will say that there was a sort of tragic family event that happened after oh, a death. And that's I unfortunate. Wondered if they were connected. Yeah. And that's sort of. Um, Interesting. What was sort of the in- initial spark of the idea, and even there's actual quotes from real life. There's, I tried oh, wow. to make it as truthful as I could because I'm really interested. In what would really happen if someone came into position yeah. or something like this? Sure, sure. Um, 
because I think there's always something more interesting about the way we actually behave and this figurine is a way to sort of examine how we really are and why we treat people the way we do yeah, why right. we do the things we do in life sure, um, sure. and like what is what is motivating us you know yeah. there are these unknowable things yeah. um, I don't want to be too specific because I think sure. there's fun in, in making connections ourselves oh, yeah. but um, I'm hoping that people see that maybe there's uh, suggestions about things that we just can't think about in our daily lives. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one example I always thought was interesting, not really connected to Herman, but sure. how do you know if what you're, the water you're drinking is safe? It's like things people think about. Yeah. Right. So it's like those sort of elements. How much does that affect your behavior? I was watching this nature documentary on Netflix. I'm, I'm going to blank on the title, but one of the later episodes, there's an ant that gets infected by this fungus. Oh, cordyceps. Oh, cordyceps. Okay, so I, you're familiar. I, yeah. It's the zombie virus. It, or the zombie fungus. Fungus. There's you know, real scientific basis yeah. for... It goes on top of the blade of grass, the thing grows out of its head. Cordyceps is actually the basis of the girl with all skips. Yeah. And of yeah. The Last of Us. I love that. And The Last of Us, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we think on a, like a, a deeper level, like the sort of microorganisms within yeah. us. Yeah. What? Who's controlling us? Why do we do what we do? It's unknowable to us. Are yeah. we in control of our fate? I think all these things are underneath um, everything in life. So yeah. those are the things I'm interested in personally. Yeah. Um, I can't say if they're in the film or not. You'll have to tell I'm, me. Um, I, I can safely say I didn't see any of Herman going through any of this. Like, <laughs> um, yes. don't get me wrong. I didn't have I didn't have too much to go off of. Uh, I have like the brief synopsis and the the like art, but I'm real interested. Yeah, I'm more interested in the people. So um, Herman's sort of like a mechanism to tell stories right. about people. Yeah, I'm interested in human stories in general and sci-fi and horror, of course. Right. So yeah, they're sorry. So so you're kind of leaning more toward like the neo horror, like The Witch and. Um, Hereditary. I love those films. I I wouldn't uh, profess to be like among them, but I definitely <laughs> appreciate what they're going for. I love like classic horror, like Polanski's films and right. his sort of approach and trying to capture reality and have it sort of look like, look and feel like a drama. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, those are the films I really appreciate. Right. Like, yeah. Um, just because I feel like so many other filmmakers are so great, like James James Wan is the king yeah. of like the jump scare, mm-hmm. visceral horror. And, or one of the kings. Sorry, I will. I will. He, he has opinions. Just, he, he, has, he has opinions. Just just skip over him. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, is there's there's so much out there. I think that's kind of what makes genre great. Is oh yeah. There's space for yeah. there, every there's room niche. for me. There's room for me to love people and hate people. Like I said, I don't really know much about like visceral, visceral jump horror. Like yeah, there, yeah. that's a whole another thing. And yeah. I think like staying in your lane is really important. You know, and yeah. like doing what you. Yeah. feel like is but, you. but there's also times when experimentation is good too yes. yeah you know when when you want to get into that sort of thing yeah you know, take it take a dip in it see if it works for you I was afraid of working with child actors uh, going into this all my collaborators Everybody warned me says they warned me yeah. um, but in some ways they were as much um, like equal collaborators as anyone some of the best ideas came you know both in performance and in they're very intelligent sure yeah um, 
artists themselves. Their imagination. So I think like all the things that challenge us or we're afraid of, we should pursue in filmmaking in life. Right. Because um, I, I don't know, it was the most rewarding aspect, the things that I was afraid of with preparation we were able to... I think, I think we made it work. Nice. <laughs> Within the, the when, it, when it comes to Herman specifically, yeah. uh, is there a movie that you think that it is like the most like, either um, like aesthetically or just like general feel? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, so I think another, I know I mentioned other inspirations. I have a lot, just because I'm a big fan of movies of all kinds. Sure. Um, but Robert Altman's films were a big inspiration also. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was really interested in how he never made a horror film. But he made an unwestern in McCabe and Mrs. Miller, yeah. an unwar film in Nash. Yeah. You could keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. But never a horror film, and I love, you know, his use of like off 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 screen dialogue, yeah. overlapping dialogue. Um, you know, sort of using this ensemble cast. Yeah. So I really wanted to make sure the cast felt. Um, like everyone had a role, and you kind of don't know where the story is going yeah. because of that. And so, using all the it, making character-based for right. Um, right was important, and just telling the truth. But also, I think people have been comparing it to It Follows a little bit. I didn't okay. go in sure with that expectation, but I worked with um, the composer, um, my friend Zach Robinson. He composes for Cobra Kai. Okay. Oh, okay. On YouTube and. Yeah, he's one of the most talented people I know. Nice. All my collaborators are. Um, and he just has this sound that I think is like, it feels so cinematic. People sure. have to look for a comparison. And right. Falls is one of them. And there's, um, you know, we shot in Southern California and it has this really like yellow, beautiful um, light. And I think, you know, people try to compare it to something and they're like, oh, maybe like it falls. Sure. So I, I welcome the comparison, but it was not. Right. right, not anywhere near it. Yeah, I'm sure. but it's cool. Like I'm like great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's one of my favorite feeling movies. sort of space rather than the you know, actual plot. Whatever, I can get that. I can get yeah. those kind of um, The Birds is another movie I kind of compare it to because it's okay. sort of beach, beach side, yeah, yeah. daylit horror. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm the biggest Hitchcock fan on earth. So <laughs> I'm, I, I'm like referencing his films without even trying. Even sure. like a drama like Ordinary People. Yeah, and right. the way they use tracking shots, and, uh-huh. and, and I think really truthful characters, but also um, another film being like big with Tom Hanks. I okay. just love the sort of like sweet, childish quality of that. Yeah, like, yeah. just how like yeah. innocent all of it is, and it feels like a drama even if there's comedic elements. Of course, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know all those films. Every film is an inspiration, as you know. Like, sure. <laughs> yeah. They're all in our heads. Exactly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> So, um, what are you looking forward to in the rest of the festival? Um, you know, I've seen so many great films already. I've just kind of been dipping in right. to like there. You kind of can't go wrong. I found it. It's true. Yes. <laughs> and I want to say props to Jason, Chris, everyone at Nightmares. Absolutely. Just um, put together an amazing like curated festival. So it sort of feels like oh, you just go see this. It's great. I love VFW. That was super fun. Uh, I I just saw a documentary called Beyond Horror. So we just yeah, talked to them. Underground yeah. horror, and it, it definitely educated me. I thought, you know, every time you think you have a grasp on um, knowing every facet, I hadn't seen a lot of those films. It was like right. my first time being exposed to them. A lot of times they are like super underground. Yeah. No one has heard of them. And I just thought the way the movie addressed all those issues was really fascinating. Yeah. Because it showed both sides, both. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. Uh, have you guys seen anything else you really liked? 
I will see it at the next festival because it's been at so many festivals, but somehow oh I missed God. it. It, it, it was delightful. I made, I made time because I knew that I had an interview very shortly after that. And I made time to go in there and watch that first short. I knew she was first. It is the best short I have seen at this festival in the two years that I've been here. Okay. Yeah, and we, it won, um, it we won adore Rick Yeah, last year. Yeah. It's cool yeah. to see Nightmares uh, foster great yeah. Oh, yeah. start and, to finish. And Rick is a beautiful human being. I love her. Yeah, I know her. She's, she's just wonderful. <laughs> I regret not seeing your film, but yeah, as I was saying, it's impossible to see everything. So yeah. you oh, yeah. have to like go with it and find a way to see those movies right. Right. elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, put it on your list. Be in, you know, nine places at Yeah. Place. So, as much as we'd like to. Right. As much as we'd like to. As much as we'd like to. You know, but, you know, our job here, you know, as I've explained to someone else, is um, it's not to watch them. It's not to review them. Yes, we certainly get a chance to. I don't believe we get a chance to will. Our job here is to promote you. Thank you. Our job <laughs> is to make sure that everyone gets exposed to the awesome people that are here. Oh, my husband is calling me. Let's get him on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he refuses. He won't do it. Um, he's probably outside waiting for me. Um, but, uh, no, our job is to make sure that we tell people about your work. That's, so, that's, that's amazing. That's the important, re that's why we're here. Yeah, and we learned this mid-festival last year. Yeah. I, I, I can say that uh, if we both go to, to Antrim, that I'm probably going to duck out to come watch Herman. Yeah. <laughs> so. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's probably a little bit later in the block. Okay. Okay. I'd definitely be watching that otherwise. 70 millimeter, right? It'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the short in front of it is um, Daughters of Despair or okay, I'd be at that screening otherwise. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for sitting with us. I so appreciate you guys taking the time and all you guys are oh, doing for all the oh, filmmakers here. You. Yeah. Um, thanks for talking with me about Herman. And thank you for the crazy content. Yeah, it'll it'll be um, in festivals and online soon. Sweet. So awesome. Check it out, guys. Sweet. Amazing. Thank so, you. Thanks. thanks. You're very welcome. Yeah. Everything <laughs> looks okay. Awesome. Okay, good. We are here with Alex Reeves, who did the Automaton. Um, I did not get to look up too much information because the wrong person sat down for an interview first. Um, so tell us a little bit about your short. Yeah, it's a, it's a period sci-fi short. Um, it's about a, uh, a young widow in 1897 who discovers, she's been away taking care of her sick mother with dementia and she her husband dies so she returns back to their home and the ranch and discovers that he had been building a primitive AI robot in the barn and okay. so uh, it was unfinished and she kind of develops this relationship with it and um, yeah it's uh, it's kind of kind of steampunky um, and it's weird and it's kind of touching in a weird way and um, kind of dark and weird and creepy and yeah, yeah. Interesting. I was <laughs> yeah. uh, I was standing over and I was actually just looking at some of the promo art for it actually, 
um, just by chance because it's with the other things. Um, I kind of anticipated more. Um, what was that Stephen King movie on Netflix? Nineteen forty-two, maybe. Close. It was not in the tall grass, but no, it was the other one. The one last year. Right, yeah. the one that was not Gerald's game. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. It, it, I assumed it was going to be something like that. Like I saw the automaton. I saw the very small amount of images that I saw on the postcard, um, and I gathered it was going to be like a, a, a Jewish golem story. Oh, sure. Uh, this one sounds way more interesting. Not that I'm not into golems, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. It's weird. It's like a. It's very like mysterious and and bizarre and you know, the idea was to try to set. I mean, you know, I've always just been fascinated by that time period. Sure. In yeah. general, just like sort of the explosion of medicine and technology and all these advancements that were happening and how like overwhelming that probably was to right. have been living in that time. Yeah, the um, growth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how just the world looked insanely different from how it did you know 50 years ago right or prior yeah so you know what does that do to people and how could that you know affect like in a very like sort of small personal story about this woman like kind of like living with her trying to taking care of her mother Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere in 1897 like how do you cope with that yeah Uh, and what if there was like part of that explosion in technology and advancements were just there happening to in someone's barn. Yeah, right. <laughs> totally. Yeah, well, I'm certain it would freak me out Certainly. because AI is not my game. <laughs> yeah. AI freaks me out. But I do love, like, I do love H.G. Wells. I love the steampunk stuff. Yeah. Where did, where did you start to get the idea for this? Um... It was, it was kind of that. I mean, I was trying to... F- I'd always been kind of, like, confused as to why there wasn't more sci-fi that sort of takes place in that time period, just because of what I was saying. Like, it's just so rife with... that. You know, people are inventing stuff in their barns yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like, I, why does sci-fi sort of really only take place, like, after, ni- after like, Roswell or something like that? It's like right. kind of that's what it mostly is when we think about it and um, you know I had seen like Ex Machina and I thought that was amazing and I was like what there, there's the kind of, like this this could have happened back then right. I mean theoretically you know yeah. and, and like and what if it did and also you know I'm fascinated with just the idea of you know history and uh, you know things that happen in history that might not have ever gotten recorded and right what, what other what else happened back then that we don't even yeah. know um, so yeah that's a lot what this story has to do with I mean it kind of it's one of those things like maybe this this did happen uh, and we'll never know right yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I like that. <laughs> yeah. It does sound really neat. For sure. Yeah. Um, are there any movies that you would compare yours to? To Because I know that it's a short, but I know that comparing your work to others is not necessarily always the easiest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, for the feel of it, what other kind of movie would you compare it to? Yeah. I mean, I've gotten, like... People have noted that it has a good like return to Oz 
Already definitely on board. Yeah, Return to Oz my, is a uh, big point of contention on this podcast. Oh, really? The person who's not here like hates it. Really? I love it. Oh. It scarred me emotionally. Oh, but, I did that too. Um, yeah. <laughs> I def- I've I've written essays about it. I've yeah. I've studied it. Yeah, yeah. That was a big influence. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't go too far down that road. But I mean, sure. there's there's le- definitely lots of little I mean, imagery and you know, Otto the automaton yeah, is yeah. is reminiscent of like some of that stuff. And and also like the electroshock therapy machine that plays heavily in the beginning. And yeah. Turn Oz has some big play in my film. And okay. Yeah. That was kind of like the thing that, like that connect, like the connection between like sort of magic and technology yeah. and right. how that all converges. Okay. Yeah. I, I really cannot believe that I've never really thought about the fact that there aren't a lot of steampunk sci-fi or, or turn-of-the-century sci-fi right. stories out there. It, occasionally people will redo the time machine and that's, mm-hmm. that's about it. About yeah. it. I mean, people because are like... Is it like Cowboys and Aliens? Like, that's right. really the only other film. And I was like, yeah. no. Yeah. It is definitely not like Cowboys and Aliens. <laughs> but that's the right, like, time period. Right. Yeah. I, I love that era in time because as uptight as everybody was, they had the wackiest ideas. I totally. mean, the patents yeah. that were created in that time period are exactly. so absurd out there. And then, you know, I love phrenology skull um busts and i have i have whole books on phrenology right are like why do you have these <laughs> because it's insane it's, yes yeah. <laughs> yeah it's mind-blowing and just like people were just experimenting with everything yeah it was like all of a sudden people were like oh yeah science hey everybody science and then everybody just was like well let's just try this let's just like operate on every like any any <laughs> son of a bitch yeah exactly yeah totally <laughs> there's just like no regard for and it was just like all in the name of science right and there was a lot of like, like loosely yeah yeah like it was in the name of science right they didn't quite get it all 100% <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 but but that's kind of like there's a lot of parallels and stuff today and it's you know I mean really the theme of the short is kind of like how do you connect with other humans amidst all the technology and stuff yeah. that we're surrounded with and like how how much of it is a tool and how much of it is a hindrance and how much of it is you know what's the point of it all if it's not like to bring us together somehow yeah. in a healthy way you know? yeah yeah that's yeah. incredible yeah <laughs> I'm super jazzed yeah I am yeah yeah Absolutely. It's, it's a weird one <laughs> well, that's what this weekend is for, isn't it? Also, very weird true. stuff. Yeah, I've done so much weird stuff. I love it. Like yeah. these are my people. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you have weird stuff. I have weird stuff. Let's watch each other's weird stuff. Totally. Yeah, yeah it's great. <laughs> is there any other project that you're working on currently with this being um, out there? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to do a feature version of it. There's a okay. whole lot more that I'd love to do with the story. Um, but you know, it's it's a period sci-fi that's gonna be hard to get made. So, you know, I've got a couple other shorts. One that I'm just about to finish soon, hopefully. Um, that's not a period sci-fi piece. <laughs> you know, a little easier to make, I think. Hopefully. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, 
I've got another feature that, that we have written. It's a totally different, it's like a family drama thriller kind of thing okay. set in the woods um, that we're trying to get made. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, after this whole experience of like making this short, I kind of like all I want to do is this kind of thing now. And I didn't really realize that before we made it. Um, so I'm just trying to figure out how to do more of it. Right. So this is your first short or? I made a short uh, about nine years ago okay. that I don't tell a whole lot of people about. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I kind of, I, I wish this was my first short. Um, yeah, I mean, it's my first short in a while, and it's kind of like, definitely all the, like, the scale, and, yeah. and it's, all, it's the first short I've written. I mean, it's the first really anything I've written. So, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. That's incredible. Yeah. Like, if, if it's the first thing you've written, and it's going on the circuit, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Definitely. Thanks, yeah. Well, I don't think I have any more questions. Do you have anything? I, how are you enjoying nightmares honestly yeah. yeah I love it I love it it's great I mean it's non-stop like I <laughs> I, I have to like take a second to like catch my breath it's right. rapid fire yeah. for sure yeah is um, this your first year in nightmares it is my first year yeah okay. yes and I mean I'm blown away I mean yeah. everything I've seen is just very high quality and very impressive stuff um, so it's hard to kind of like take a break because <laughs> I don't want to miss anything. But, right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and like everybody I've met has been amazing. I like everyone I've met, and that is rare. Normally yeah. I meet at least one person. Nightmares, <laughs> right. is, Nightmares is really good at that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah um, it's great to just like everyone's just encouraging everybody. Yeah. And, Everybody wants to like work with each other, and we're all on the same level, and it's awesome. Yeah. 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 It's a great time. Yeah. This is my first nightmares. And oh. I'm having a blast. Cool. Yeah. This yeah. is my second. Yeah. So it's not like I'm old hat veteran. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. It's, you guys yeah. have a bit of a better idea. A little bit. Uh -huh. Like I, I've kind of gotten my sea legs. Like, yeah. That's it. Uh -huh. <laughs> How does it stack up to previous years? Um. That's a really hard question to answer. It's mm -hmm. a really good question. Um, I would say, filmography-wise, I would say it is easily on par. Mm -hmm. Everything I've seen both years has been amazing. Um, the reason it's hard for me to kind of rank them is because we approached this year really differently. Like, we yeah. much more refined what we are here. Uh -huh. um, so it's cool. like... It's, it's kind of comparing apples and oranges that are in the same basket. Sure. And you're like, how's this basket? I'm like, shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, what's cool about it, too, is that it's it's kind of a... It's it's such a sort of... I don't know if big is the right word, but, like, it's a feels like a significant festival, and it hasn't been around that long, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's grown fast. Yeah, so I imagine, like, especially for, like, you guys, like, coming to this thing every year, it's probably growing and like it's cool to be in on it like on yeah. this early, early on yeah, yeah right and kind yeah, of like evolving I'm, with it yeah I'm excited about where this where this festival is going to go with yeah. IFC coming and yeah and, and, and Alter and yeah yep yeah. yeah it's great to be a part of it yeah well we'll let you get back watching stuff and thanks meeting people and sharing your weirdness <laughs> and yeah, totally. whatnot because we're sharing our weirdness and 
Yeah. Yeah. It's Thanks been so a, much. Yeah, it's been a real yeah. pleasure to it was talk great to talking you. About and I'm excited yeah, about seeing your your uh, short. Cool. Yeah. And congrats on the first short nine years. Just immediately going <laughs> to something like this. Like, right. Thank you. Yeah. Right. I'm pretty pretty pleased with how it turned out. Yeah. Good. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. So, I'm probably going to pronounce your name wrong. <coughs> we are here with Aaron Barakas. You you were so really close. Damn it. It's okay. Barocus. Barocus. <laughs> Shit. Uh, who worked on Half Cocked? Yes. Tell us about the movie. The posters look hilarious. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So, Half Cocked is a short about two brilliant scientists who don't think everything fully through. They have finally succeeded in their life's mission of reanimating the dead. They bring a man back to life. They just didn't research who the man was, and the one guy they bring back to life is one guy who spent his whole life waiting to be dead. Oh my god. So they've granted eternal life to this belligerent test subject who, just who rather than, like most people, it being a great gift, to him it's his nightmare. And... <laughs> So they've they've jumped into something they're not prepared for, and uh, it was produced with uh, it was produced by Launchover, which is uh, Michael J. Epstein and Sophia Cacciola's company, and uh, we have Pat Healy in it, as well as London Boyd and Vanessa Benavente, and Joe Castro did all the uh, practical special effects for it, and he's fantastic, <laughs> and then Catherine Capozzi uh, created the score. Wonderful. Amazing. That sounds goddamn delightful. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. Absolutely. So where did you get this idea? I just... I am I always come up with ideas and then rarely write them. So basically, I, I go through my life thinking of things that I think are really funny and then later thinking that I wish I had written them down because <laughs> I know that I thought of something really funny earlier. But, but that's, that's all I remember about it, remember yeah. which is really funny. not worth a whole lot. Right. <laughs> and this one, I just happened to be, I'm like, yeah, a guy's granted eternal life, and, and he doesn't want it, <laughs> and it's just not what you would expect. Yeah. And uh, so I wrote the, you know, I wrote the 15-page short, and I'd been going to film festivals as a screenwriter for about a year at that point, and one thing about film festivals as a screenwriter is that you feel like nobody can get your voice. Like, you can go there and you can say, oh, well, I'm a finalist in this category. Sure. But nobody knows what you're putting out. Yeah. Unless they're a judge of the film festival. Right. Uh, so I wanted to produce something. So there's a Facebook group for film festival alumni in Los Angeles uh, oh. that uh, I, I posted on, hey, is anybody interested in helping produce this script that I wrote? And uh, Michael Epstein and Sophia Cassiola were among the group of people who said, you know, we'll take a look. And they wanted to meet about it. And they, they were into it and they took it and ran and made so many things happen that would not have happened without their involvement. Like we created an underground, uh, we, we created a grave dig basically that, and from the minute it was in the script, I knew that it was going to be a problem. I was like, do we go to a grave and ask them to, like, you know, borrow their digging thing and and, <laughs> right. and, and then put actors in there? But And and we we actually came close to doing that at one point. And I said to them during me, I'm like, hey, maybe we could build something 
above ground, and I know you're going to say no, but <laughs> if we could get, like, a stage and actually build the things that, oh, no, 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 we can do that, and they just did it. They made it happen 100%. That's and incredible. And they brought in yeah. Joe Castro, they brought in Pat Healy, and it was an incredible experience. That is a real, like, Cinderella story. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. No. Wow. That's a goddamn inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> no, truly it is. You know, it, I don't know how many people probably are like, hey, does anybody want to make this short? Does anyone want to produce this? And it just, it's so hard or it just never happens. And you you got this great group of people to get up and involved on it. It's great. It's true because everybody has their lives. And you have your, like, even yeah. as far as getting something done creatively for yourself, like you have your own life, you have your job, you have if, if, unless unless your job is creatively doing things. Like, sure. I mean, I'm an editor, and that is there's no editor in the world who works uh, like a television film editor. There's no editor in the world who works 40 hour weeks. You just don't do it. Right. right. You know, it is a 60 hour a week to yeah. 80 hour a week job. And then I have a family. I have, you know, my wife and a two-year-old and life. Right. Yeah. And so the idea of actually getting away and taking, you know, a few weeks actually shooting something, the, you know, in addition to the pre-production, the post-production, yeah. it's actually an insane idea. And I'm amazed that I was lucky enough to meet people who also wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. To have this insane idea. And they are the people who their whole lives is creating. It is creating. That's yeah, what they do every helps. day. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, having people like that along <laughs> for the ride makes a big difference. What would you say if you were to compare your movie to another more known one? Because shorts kind of fit in a different category. Uh, what would you say your movie is the most like, either aesthetically and feel? Your inspiration. I would. Yeah. There's a, definitely a hint of Reanimator in there. Okay. Already and on board. <laughs> Love Jeffrey Combs. Yeah, we we used almost almost the exact look of syringes okay. with the green glow. I and love then, it. Uh, there's there's a lot of Evil Dead Two okay. in it because that was one of my favorites. You can't go wrong. Growing up. Cannot. Uh, and then there's there's probably a ton of social satire uh, films in there. We're also way into that, so yeah. <laughs> Oddly, I like to think there's Fletch somewhere in the mix. There isn't, but it just came to mind that I wanted to, to say the word Fletch in you this. You just interview. wanted to say Fletch. Yeah. Are you, so you've been a screenwriter for a while. Uh, is it horror that you focus on, or you always go comedy? All almost always, almost comedy, and whatever form that comedy takes. Like I've done, uh, like I, I do a lot of horror comedy, but it's really it's like it's comedy that smells like horror. Like there's a lot of blood and stuff. Where did it go? Right here. We have a Bob, ladies and gentlemen. We do. I'm back. Yes. I survived. Did not actually sleep, but it's okay. Hi. This is the Hi. Of Hi. Good to meet you, Bob. Good to meet you too. Ha. <laughs> huh. We filled up our interview slots today. Yes. Good. Good, good, good. Yes, I was just asking about he he's been a screenwriter for a while, and I was just asking about you know his his genres that he sticks with. Oh, in general, yeah. in general, some form of satire, always comedy. I try not to write comedy. I, I, I wrote one short that's almost has no comedy in it, but every time I try, the jokes just come. <laughs> I mean, 
I'm just naturally sort of a jerk, and so I can't think of things <laughs> straight without some level of sarcasm or cynicism. Right. I mean, there, there has to be that sarcasm. I, on, I don't think there's any piece of anything that you can just write all grimdark all the time and have no humor. Because then you just don't feel the other stuff. You know, you have to have those counterpoints. That's like, um, one, I think it was a Valentine's Day. Uh, my wife and I were going to a movie, and we never get to go out to a movie. We're going to a movie, and my wife really wanted to see The Revenant. Okay. Which, okay. Yeah. which is an example of something that has absolutely no humor, <laughs> no lightness, yeah. and I've never felt worse sitting in a movie theater. I don't know if it was a good movie or not. Yeah. It seems like it was a very good movie, yeah. but, but I just hated myself and the movie yeah. theater I mean, and I've, everybody in the movie theater <laughs> and I, the movie. I've had those I've had And those Leonardo times. DiCaprio. But it, right. I mean, yeah. It seems like it was a good movie, though. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I, I mean... That is the one he finally won an Oscar for, yeah? Yeah. Well, that what did we learn? Fair rape will get you an award. <laughs> That's what you learned. That is exactly what you learned. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, Not wrong. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so which screenplay did you have so with I'm, us this year? I'm here at Nightmares with uh, the short film Half Cocked. Oh! As well as... The one that I wanted to see and I missed. I'll send you a link. As well as a uh, screenplay finalist for Timmy Cook, A Cannibal Love Story. Yay. You're my new favorite person. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Timmy Cook? Yes. yes. Okay. What you can. So, uh, I can tell everything about it because... We just assume that you don't want to spoil it. Right. I'll, I'll spoil a good amount of it because you're not going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but eventually you might see it. That's true. Hopefully. That would be yeah. awesome. Um, so, Timmy Cook is, is this child that, as a parent, you have to take care of your kid. Your, your primary job as a parent is to keep your child alive. You'll do whatever is necessary to keep your child alive. And being a good parent is not necessarily synonymous with being a good person. Sure, oh, yeah. For instance, if your child, through no choice or decision-making or fault of their own, can only exist on human meat, it's your job to provide that. Yeah. You have to do that. So you might, as Timmy Cook's parents do, take your child out of nursery school. Mm -hmm. You might stage your child's passing so that you can raise your child in a way that will not get your child instantly arrested and not able to eat while incarcerated. Right. If no other food is able to be digested. So, this is a story about this child who's been locked away, sure. babied in his parents' house for about 18 years under oh, these geez. conditions. And they have been feeding him. Right. Uh, so his parents have become somewhat begrudging murderers. Right. It's taken, as one might expect, a toll on their own marriage. Sure. Yeah. And yet his childhood friend, uh, Rebecca Rose, mm -hmm. uh, his play pal from nursery school, always remembered him. And this is the story of her rediscovering Timmy Cook, learning of his existence yeah. and and, and her right. her innate childhood warmth towards him right. and uh, and there's a lot of blood. It's a dark comedy yeah. and it's a beautiful. I believe it's an absolutely beautiful love story. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. 
So there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have to that have to lie to get through their lives in the story. Yeah. They have to basically they have to live lies and yeah. people like that will eventually find each other. Sure. If you're walking around holding in a deep secret, you learn who else is you feel who else is holding in a deep secret. Right. Right, absolutely. And you can connect with them. Yeah. I, now I kind of want to know what her secret is. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun, man. Thank you. Both of them. Thank you. Right. Oh. Yeah. And um, we know that Half Cocked has Rakefet in it. Yep. She does a, a, a cameo as Jax. Yep. Yes. From Jax and Love. Yay. Yeah. Love, we love Rakefet. We also, there's a, there's a little bit of a DNA strand between Half Cocked and the film Boo that Rakefet shot in okay. that. Uh, they're shot in the same location, uh-huh. which was a location Rakevit has access to. We needed so many different elements about this particular space uh-huh. that we called her up, and we needed. We also, at the same time, we had this role that we didn't know what to do with, okay. and so we called her up like. Hey, listen, so we got two requests for you. <laughs> One is, we really like your, you know, your space that we want to use, but yeah. also, you know, there is a Jax cameo that could really work in here. Because nice. Jax was this film that she had that went around last year and yeah. just yeah. swept the festival. Yeah. So I She won anybody, last year for Jax here, yeah? I believe so. I believe she, yeah. yeah. Anybody who'd been in the festival circuit at all would recognize her in that yeah. character. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just a really nice little in-festival nod. Yeah, that. I love it. I love it. I love it. And she killed it in one take. She had 104 fever the night that we shot. Oh, oh my she, God. Oh my she had the flu. Oh, no. She had 104 fever, but she still came and she, she opened up the whole area for us. Yeah. And uh, I knew that she was going, I knew that there was a chance that she might die. Yeah. <laughs> production was difficult. So while they were setting stuff up, I walked in and talked to her while she's like wrapped in blankets and sniffling, her nose is red, right. her eyes are puffed. And I'm like, okay, so here's what's going to happen beat for beat when we're out there. And ran through the exact scene in every moment and like sure. every reaction. Nice. So we did one rehearsal, like rolling rehearsal, and then we rolled the take. And she nailed it on the first take, and I thought she was really funny. I turned to Cam, I'm like, did, did we get that? Please tell me we got that. Yeah. And they got it. I'm like, okay, we got it. One take, and, and she couldn't believe, she's like, no, no, let, you know, I, I, you, you're just being nice. Let me do it again. I'm like, no, we got it. It's really funny. Sweet. And she, in it, in the movie, like this little cameo she does is one of the funniest things in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. She is amazing. Yes. Uh, she, uh, we awesome. love her. She, she's an angel. She's a, uh, she's a precious cinnamon roll that must be protected at all costs. <laughs> oh, yes. We love her. So. But I believe that we all are excited to, to see any of these. Did you get uh, one of our business cards? I did not. Ta-da! I'm going to send you a link. Uh, yes, Sweet. Please do. Excellent. That'd be amazing. Excellent. Um, did you have anything else for us? You guys are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
like it was really cool. Like I came here by accident earlier oh, yeah? when you were. Oh yeah, there's a recording. It's I actually funny. signed oh, up. Fun. I actually signed up for Sunday because I'm dumb, and and okay. I thought I signed up for Saturday. I'm not a bright person, and I came down here and I just like you guys are awesome. It was really nice talking with you earlier. Yeah, hey, you were delightful. You know. <laughs> we'll so, be seeing thank you, you for sitting with us. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Thank you. thank you for taking time to talk to me. You're <laughs> welcome. <laughs> hey guys, I am back, as we noticed with our last interview. Uh, we are going to take a break now, and we're going to, excuse me, break down the winners list for this year. So, buckle up for that. RC, you got it? I sure do. Sweet! The best Ohio film winner, Look Twice. Oh, would you like to read a synopsis? Um, you I my would. Let me find it. Hang on. Where did you put the Ohio shirts? Look twice. A guard on the graveyard shift discovers an intruder on the grounds that may not be human. They're 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 having trouble reading something. <laughs> it's it's red on black. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I meant if you wanted to read the next synopsis. That's oh. why I was giving you the title. Oh. Okay. We're hanging by the seat of our pants. We'll, yep. we'll just give us one second. The All right. Best director short is Joanna Sanis. I hope I pronounced that last name right. Okay. Uh, imagine a world. Imagine okay. a world. Okay. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Oh. An internet salesman refuses to leave a house until he's made his sale. Okay. That sounds creepy. It does. <laughs> Best writing in a short. Um, as much as we love all the shorts here, this is not a surprise. <laughs> Rakefit Abergel for Boo. Yay, You want to read the synopsis? Boo is an assault. Puts an addict face-to-face -face with her demons. Oh, my God, I love this short. Congratulations. Congratulations, Rakefit. Yay. I was going to see if we had another one, so you could just both have one. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was trying There's, to look around for one. We're, we're, yeah. we're like handing yep. things yeah. it's fun. Uh, best Actress Short. The winner... Uh, oh, this is going to make Bob angry. The winner for Best Actress Short is... Sinead, I hope. I'm sorry. Sinead, Sinead maybe. S-Y-N-E-A-D. That's a Sinead. With a Y? Yeah, it could Fair be. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Nichols for Sasquatch. God damn it. Oh. No, 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 no. That's not a god damn it for, for you, Sinead. It's wonderful. I am back. Hi. Yeah, we're just doing a little thing on the awards here right now. It's okay. Yeah. Come yeah, you're fine. Come it's sorry. okay. Come sit. Okay. Fine. I'm having a hard time finding this one. Nicholas we're we're being joined by Eric. Is it Will Young? Yeah, 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 it's yeah, Sasquatch. It's a short. Yeah, my that's all I know. And his dad. They are right next to us doing uh, Saturday Night Fright. Saturday Fright, Fright Theater. Theater. That's <laughs> for, which is a, a video uh, podcast ish sort of thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a show. It's, it's right. It's 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 all it's all. It might it's not be in there. It might not be in there if it's not showing right. here. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Not seeing it. But I mean, that's okay. But sure. Now, congratulations, Sinead. The name of your your short is unfortunate. He doesn't like Bigfoot things. Yeah, I, by contrast, love Bigfoot things because I think they're hysterical. Yeah, it's not you. It's Bigfoot. It, yeah. <laughs> Best actor short. The winner is Baker Chase Powell for We Die Alone. Now, that, oh. he is phenomenal. I don't oh, know if you guys got to check We Die Alone. It actually won Best Short at another festival called Genre Blast. Oh, nice. And I got to interview uh, Mark uh, and um, 
and Baker at yeah. that festival. Baker is phenomenal. It is one of my favorite shorts on the festival circuit right now. Oh, wow. Okay. It's, it yeah. is fun, just, like I said, he does a wonderful, wonderful job. Sweet. Yeah, the, um, the synopsis here is a chance encounter dangerously intertwines the lives of three people with differing perspectives on love. Wow. That is a perfect synopsis. Like, <laughs> it's like somebody wrote that for that movie. That's <laughs> they should go into like the writing business. <laughs> but it's it's exactly what that is. It's it's a wonderful wonderful movie. Well done job by uh, Baker. So Great. well deserved. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You're so. fine. No, <laughs> if you have anything to insight. add. If you have insight, we're good. The best midnight short winner was VR Food. Oh, I did hear about that. I, I've heard it? lots. Of, unfortunately, I have not seen that one. But oh, I've heard VR, VR food. Yeah, VR food. Inventors stalk a filmmaker when they mistake a short film, VR food, as competition. Oh. Interesting. Ooh. That sounds dangerous. Yeah, that sounds really dangerous. <laughs> the best horror comedy short, Inflatio. 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 This best. I. That was I just feel like you should do horror comedy. Uh, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. In Flavio, after waking up to find himself kidnapped, bound, and gagged, a man must face his captor's vengeful designs, which, again, sounds like some Violet Beauregard bullshit. Yes. <laughs> and again, wonderfully written, because most movies don't get me. Right? That one got me. I'm like, holy shit, that wow. came out of... Just yeah. and I absolutely right at the end. Yeah. No prizes, you get no end. That's what I heard. That's, I heard it was this like grim, dark thing right until the very end. Oh, oh. you didn't know like what was going on. It's just, it's just. No I'm like, I thought this was in the comedy block. This dude's about to get ass raped. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like don't give it away. Oh, well, I, I didn't say anything else. I, I, yeah. You're, you're talking to the wrong people to maybe not find that hot. Yeah. A little. Oh, God. The best thriller short winner, Gaslight. Ooh, oh. Gaslight for thriller shorts. It's right there. Oh, okay. Gaslight. A waitress stranded alone in the middle of the night is stalked by a creature that can only travel in darkness. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, that was a great, great show. I, you oh, know, you got to see it? Yeah, believe it or not. I can't believe it. I actually got to see the last two. Normally, I don't get to see anything. I'm <laughs> yeah, stuck I out here. Say, thank God you're here. But yes, <laughs> a wonderful, wonderful movie. I love the, the, the cinematography on it was very, very well done. And I love that concept. That that's Because I play D&D because I'm a big dork. That's always something, like one of the powers that I thought was really cool. Just being able to travel through shadows. Shadows. Just nice. Nice. No, wait a minute. You're telling me that D&D is a, a dork thing? That, yes. No, that, that, that no, no, cannot no, no. be. No, no, no. No. I can't I play D&D right. like every I Saturday. Wear, yeah, it 100% no, 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 is. I Mr. Sassafras, <laughs> you need to pump the brakes. Yeah, that I doesn't wear, change the fact that it's a dork thing. Like, no, I, it's not. It is not. It's I, like the I coolest. It like 300% is. That's good. That's good. Mostly because I found out that dork stands for whale penis. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I know. I don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> but because the internet. Yeah. It, it, there is this thing that's like a yeah. world wide web. It's I like know. it connects everybody. It's insane. <laughs> the best cinematography short, Daughter of Dismay. Ooh. Well, well, well. Okay. We we just chatted with uh. Who was that that brought up? It was the guy who did Herman. Oh, oh with Eric. Yeah. 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 
order of the same. I am trying to find it. Please chat while I'm. Uh, it's gonna be one of the. Yeah, it's gonna be one of the first because it's. It's paired with a film. Film. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. It's um, again, I've heard really, really great things about yeah, it. Yeah, it's in seventy millimeter. Yes, oh, I was gonna say it's playing tonight yeah. in seventy millimeter. Yeah. And and uh, tonight being Saturday, so yeah. I think it's worth still on Saturday. On, <laughs> yeah. On seventy millimeter film, the surreal and mystical tale of a witch, an emotionally broken woman, and the sinister consequences of pursuing her desire. Well, you said the word that I wanted, so I'll love it. <laughs> if, anything involve, if anything involves yeah. witches, I will okay, probably Okay, I was like, I wasn't sure if he was talking about witch or desire, so I was like... Fair. <laughs> the, the poster looks the beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, this, this, this dude is an amazing filmmaker. I've seen him a couple of times at Nightmares. I've interviewed him in the past. I, again, very... Very, very powerful, passionate filmmaker, and I'm excited to see this. Awesome. Nice. nice. Great. Winner, best overall feature. I am super excited to announce <laughs> fucking Puppet Killer. <laughs> All right, people. Oh While celebrating Christmas at a cabin in the woods, yes. a group of high school students are stalked by a psychotic killer obsessed with horror movie icons. But let me tell you something gentle listeners who cannot see the art for Puppet Killer. Which is delightful. It is. That killer looks to be a goddamn puppet. He looks like animals. He, he, look, yeah. he looks like the hockey mascot. Yeah. Yes. What the fuck is uh, The one from F Philadelphia. Yeah. The weird orange thing. That everybody oh. Loves. oh uh, the Philly uh, fanatic. Philly yeah. 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 Uh, he has oh. some crazy name. We'll f uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, well, well, we'll probably have lots to say once we actually get to see Puppet Killer tomorrow. I was going to say, that one's tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think that closes the show out, doesn't it? Is Puppet Killer? Six uh, Six second to last. Second to last. Yeah, okay. it's close. Yeah. Best Recurring Nightmare, Ooh. Let Me Play. Let Me... Oh, did I see that one? No. Recurring, recurring Nightmare is just going to be... Now, what's like neat about the Recurring Nightmare bit. is they, they announced that it's going to go up against people that have submitted Nightmares okay. before. Yeah. So it's literally you only are competing against other people who are nice other alums. Yeah, 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 alums. Yeah. That's a better word. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that award works a little differently yeah, than the other. But that's, that's that, I think that's pretty neat. I like how yeah. it works. Yeah. yeah. Love, uh, let me play as a young brother and sister argue about a presence in their grandmother's house that might be all too real. Ooh, I enjoy that. I know. Best overall short. I have no idea how to pronounce this. Oh. I believe it's Farin. Oh, the Italian. Uh, oh. Okay. Uh, it's probably Farin. I. Farin. You know what they said it, and the, I think you were. It was closer. I think Farin was how you really? said it. Closer. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, but yeah, the gentleman. F e. F e r i n e. And he's from Italy. It's and like oh, made the, made the trek over here. One of Rakefet's friends. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so good. it was good, good, good. I'm glad he's getting some recognition. Yeah, it, yeah absolutely. I mean, that's I, I think a fest uh, word should go out for the furthest travel. That, I don't know, but maybe Australia. I think we have there's a uh, yeah, it's yeah, really, technically Australia would definitely be farther than but Australia. yeah. So I, I forgot about Australia's here, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, cause, you know, Italy is like an eight hour flight, Australia right. is a 24, 24 hour yeah. flight. Yeah, it's literally on the other side. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I went to Malaysia <laughs> in March, <laughs> so. Yeah, and really, that's just another, you know, eight-hour flight down. Down. So. Wow. Um, so the synopsis for Farine is a feral woman makes a pilgrimage to town to expand and sustain her family. 
Interesting. That's intense. That's yeah. like the spiritual successor to the woman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. That Which is one intense. of my favorite movies. I love that. It's great. Best director feature: Jesse Seats and Marcus Cook for Beyond Horror. Yay! Oh, yay! Good. The documentary. Right. right. Where did it go? Beyond Horror. Where is it? It's probably in the features. Yeah. Probably in the features. <laughs> Somewhere Beyond Horror, The History of Red Films, a documentary exploration of the history of extreme horror. And we talked with them earlier today. Yes, yes we, we did. did. Yeah. Lovely people. Best horror comedy feature, Scare Package. Oh! Whoa! Right on top. Well, hot damn. <laughs> really happening. Horror movie tropes and cliches are sliced, diced, and dissected in this horror comedy anthology. That's fun. We need to talk to people about that one. Yes. I mean, I know we're doing this right now, but I'm like, (laughs) please get me a screener. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Because we we love that shit. Right. I would love to see that one. Yeah. Everything I've heard this weekend. I'm going to pop. I'm probably going to try and pop in and out of that one a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Best cinematography feature, To Your Last Death. Oh, I heard great things oh, about that. To your last death. Um, uh, I, um, they were talking about it earlier, too. Yeah. Um, a- after emerging as the sole survivor in a deadly revenge game set up by her father, a woman gets a second chance to save her siblings as she relives the worst night of her life. Oh, there's a look on R.C.'s face that I need to know about. You're you will find, find out, out later. Second. You will find out later. Okay. Is this a thing I need to be concerned about? I'll be back. No. <laughs> okay. okay. Thanks for stopping back. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Best writing in a feature, A Nun's Curse. Oh, my God. On a weekend trip, a group of friends shelter in the abandoned prison where killer nun Sister Monday was rumored to have murdered prisoners. I will say... I am kind of still, like, absolutely enamored with the locations that they shot at. Yeah. Like, if you can find stills from it, because I don't think it's really, really out yet, but if you can find stills, like, you'll see just how gorgeous everything is. Moving on, the best horror feature, Z. Okay. Oh, Z. Yep. I haven't heard much yet. What is oh. that? A family finds themselves terrorized by their eight-year-old son's imaginary friend. <gasps> I know. That sounds right up my fucking alley. <laughs> I love it. Love it. This might make you a little upset, Stephanie. Uh-oh. Just a little. Okay. Okay. The film from hell, Best of the Festival. Okay. I know what you're going to say. 29 yeah. Needles. Okay. Oh, no! <laughs> Do you want me to read it? I'll read it. Okay. It's not that I'm I'm mad at the movie. It's much like Bob and Sasquatch. Me and Needles are not friends, I get and it. we'll never be friends. I get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, when the pain he inflicts on himself can no longer hold back the horrors in his head, a man gives in to his most forbidden desires. Oh. And let me tell you, um, if if I had if I was chill with needles, I would be running to see this just like you guys. Yeah. Sure. I just don't. I, I absolutely. I've come a long way in my needle phobia. I'm not ready to watch a movie I mean, about we, needles. We didn't really <laughs> ask him how how the needles come into play, though. I don't. There's there's some artwork over on the table. You'll see. Okay. Um, I will say just because I found it really funny when we were interviewing the guy who did it. Um, he was wearing the shirt for his movie. 
Okay. Which makes perfect sense, but there were no needles on it. Right, there was just saw. a bone saw. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm good with a bone saw. I can, yeah, just a, I can handle a bone saw. Yeah. Like. Just a funny note. Right. Best actress feature Nicole Bryden Bloom for One Bedroom. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Uh, it's labeled as One BR. Yep. It's after leaving a painful behind a painful past to follow her dreams. Sarah scores the perfect Hollywood apartment, but something is not right. Unable to sleep, tormented by strange noises and threatening notes, her new life quickly starts to unravel. As someone who's tried to do a one-bedroom situation in Hollywood, I understand this. (laughs) And I would probably have still kept the bedroom. Right? Yep. (laughs) Best Midnight Feature, The Obsessed. Oh, I've heard great things about that. The Obsessed. Let me find you. A disturbed man, obsessed with Bjork, descends rapidly into grotesque madness. What in the hell is this? Because last year we had Be My Cat, which was this guy, he was obsessed with who? Jennifer Love Hewitt or somebody? Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. There we go. Yeah. Hi, I'm here for my interview. Oh, good. You heard about the... that's. It sounds like it's based on the actual guy who was obsessed with Bjork. It was. Oh, it could be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a I guy that was full on obsessed with Bjork. We've got so Stacey. The one who like mailed oh. her shit. Are you mm-hmm. recording? We got. We're going over the awards right now. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. You're, You're fine. fine. You're all good. Can we I had Saturday the Fright Charger Theater sit again. for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I. I found. Yep. 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 I know. Yep. Yep. It's all good. We're not. It's all right. We won't edit out a damn thing. Totally good. It's fine. This is a real festival, we, it guys. It is a real festival. You're really in the shit with us now. Great. Finding that iPhone cord. <laughs> <board. laughs> Where are uh, There's we? another one over there if it's easier. Oh, yeah. perfect. Next up, these ones are going to be a little bit harder because I don't believe that there are synopses. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, best short screenplay. Uh, for these, because of how many entries there are, uh, and they did this last year, which is why I know this, there's a winner, and there is one to two uh, runner-ups for a kind of second place. Yep. The winner for best short screenplay was Love as Practice for Dying by Shania Connolly. Okay. Love as Practice for, Di- uh, for Dying is at the end of his life, Jack attempts to reconcile with his daughter in hopes that she will deliver the eul- eulogy at his funeral. Oh. That sounds deep and sad. Yeah, that, that sounds heavy. Yeah, we do have synopsis. Oh, excellent. Level. <laughs> um, the f- uh, runner-ups were Gender Reveal Party by okay. Allison Parker. Okay. Oh, that sounds delightful. Gender Reveal Party. <laughs> I feel like I saw that. There it is. Thank you. Well, it it's pretty cut and dry here. Um, a couple's Gender Reveal Party goes horribly wrong. And Mary Dispossessed by Christy Walsh. Okay, that's right under this one. Um, after his daughter is possessed by a supernatural being, Frank must lure the spirit out of her body by any means necessary. Ooh. Yikes. Best actor feature Tim Loden, Making Monsters. Oh, Making Monsters was one I wanted to see too. Um, Making Monsters, when a celebrity couple famed for their YouTube scare prank channel are invited to a friend's converted church in the countryside for a weekend getaway. A series of startling events unfold that spiral them into an inexplicable nightmare. I love it when the YouTube pranksters get, like, their shit called out. Yeah. Right? But I bet it's found footage, so I probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> Best feature, screenplay. Best feature, screenplay. Towards the end. 
Third Date by Avishai Weinberger. Oh. Okay. When Jordana learns that her new boyfriend must feed her to a demon to survive, she she chooses to cut off parts of her own body in order to keep him and their relationship alive. Wow. (laughs) I'm like, girl, priorities. Yeah. 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 That relationship. Right? The runner-ups, No Overnight Parking by Meg Swartlow. Yay! We just talked to Meg earlier. Yes. Um, No Overnight Parking, after a disastrous fight with her controlling boyfriend, a reformed bad girl and her three best friends set out for a wild weekend of fun, but end up getting locked in an underground parking structure overnight with a hooded killer. A night that was once about endurance quickly turns into a struggle for survival. And He Brings the Night by Kevin Donner. He brings the night. A young woman spends her nights fighting crime and cheating on high-stakes poker with an invisible boy by her side, who showed up years earlier on the night her mother and neighbors were brutally and inexplicably torn to pieces. Yikes. Well, that sounds fun. That sounds really original. It does. Yeah, that's... Something like, I definitely... So you're getting haunted and you're winning at poker. Great. Yeah, awesome. never never seen Meg, that before. Not Meg Tilly. Jennifer Tilly should start that. <laughs> By the way, I, I do know that there is an episode where we mentioned Jennifer Tilly and called her Meg. I am so sorry. Okay. <laughs> and finally, the best thriller feature, Reckoning. Reckoning. Oh, that's another one that everyone's talking about. Where are you? Reckoning, 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 Reckoning. After the disappearance of her husband, a struggling farmer in an isolated Appalachian community discovers she's a pawn in a blood-soaked revenge plot, and the only way out for her and her son could mean destroying a decades-old truce. That sounds like some Hatfield McCoy's bullshit! Like, like, bullshit in the good way. Right. We're good. Damn, so many things. Like, all the winners, I have seen none of them. Congratulations. Boo. Boo. But congratulations all of yes, you. Yes, congratulations so everybody. Congratulations for everyone who was nominated. Right? Yes. Especially at, some, at something like Nightmares. Like yeah. that is, uh, alone, is a goddamn achievement. Yep, right. Yep. And again, I mean, we know that Jason and his team that curate, they pick the best of the best. I am always happy with everything they pick. Everything they pick. Um, and... We have our, our episode coming up next week, or this coming Wednesday, is actually things that were not picked. So we got a little sneak peek into that. And, and again, they were only not picked because of space. Yeah. Because of time. They, they just could not fit them in. They were still great movies. But anyway, we have Stacy Palmer with us. Hello. Hello. Can Hello, I sit back or do I you can, Just yeah, kind of midway. Okay. I'm going to bring it to me because I've been watching a lot of movies and there's a crank in my neck. That's oh, okay. Perfect, hey, that's so. perfectly fine. Yep. Uh, and of course you get the one with the short cable. That's fine. Oh, no. Right here. <laughs> you know what? Instead, I will bring nice. the chair to the table. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Stacy is a problem solver, ladies. She yes. is, well, and a goddamn delight. Yeah. She is a wonderful person. Uh, if you were, if you paid any attention to us last year, which we didn't really expect, but it was nice when it happened. <laughs> um, we spent a good. 45 minutes. Just oh, but, yeah. I mean, just on the interview. Yeah. And then, like, a bunch of just social time. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, and 
It was just the best time, and we absolutely adore you. And now you're here with Tuesday. I am. And let me just say before um, we get into that, you all are like the friends that I needed in high school. Aww. You know? So the feeling is definitely mutual. Like, I gravitate over toward this way um, all weekend just because it's... Uh, Y'all are uh, fun. To just and be we around. like the company. Oh, well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Toothache, um, it's a short five minute micro short uh, film. That was it five minutes? Yeah. I'm sorry? Oh my god. I said, was it five minutes? <laughs> yeah, uh, only five minutes. Five, well, five minutes and nine seconds with the. Uh, with my logo Five well-planned minutes. Yeah, oh, it, it well, feels, and, and I mean this positively, because this usually has a negative connotation, it feels much longer. Oh, like, it yeah. feels like there's a lot of story in that short amount of time. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, thank you. You pack a lot in there. Oh, well, um... So, so, yeah. so give us a quick synopsis without spoiling. Right, so the log line is, um, when Amanda's teeth start to suddenly fall out, she'll soon discover the horrifying reason why. Oh, uh, and so horrifying. <laughs> well, um, I owe a lot of this film to uh, uh, our cast and crew for a doing it, you know, micro budget yeah. for the love of making films. So Kids. part of her crew were her preschool students. <laughs> <laughs> They no, had a good the time. They don't know what's that's going on. <laughs> no, they, uh, yes, yeah, so my day job is I am a preschool teacher, and um, uh, so some of the, the children uh, created art, which I used in, in the um, end product of the, the mm -hmm. film. Um, and I'm sorry, that's fucking genius. <laughs> it is. Fucking oh, yeah, genius. Well, the, you know, um, and I'm going to get off on a tangent here because I do love um, uh, education and, and teaching mm -hmm. and um, allowing children to have just unlimited motivation to create whatever they want is extremely important. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm lucky enough to work at a school that's child-led that um, we basically uh, allowed the children to find their interest, mm -hmm. and then we um, create our curriculum around what they're interested in. Great. So see, now you got me going down my, my nerd teacher it's okay. route. No, that's uh, super because, interesting. You know, as, yeah. as much as we want to know about the films, we enjoy learning about you, too. Oh, well, thank you. So yeah, I, I mean, there are some people that just want to talk about the movies, and there are some people that talk about personal stuff, and that's totally cool. We just yeah. want to have a conversation. Well, yeah, so, um, so they did uh, some of the, um, uh, like the, the color and stuff I used um, from a, a painting they did. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, our practical effects were done uh, by a gentleman named uh, Jeff Burdett nice. and um, a woman uh, named um, Kim Cook. <laughs> And I worked with both of the um, both of those talented talented people on previous projects, um, and uh, they are so good. Like I don't want to give too much away, right? But I will say that um, Kim, who is an art teacher, yeah, and that I used to work with, she made the teeth 
and then Jeff made the other things that go along with that. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, um... Yeah, I, I had heard how you did that, and I'm like, more power to you. It was great. It was fantastic. So, well, thank you. I'm, you know, like, we spent, you know, about a year now since I started casting, mm -hmm. and, um, you just, you know, you hope that people enjoy it. Yeah. And, yeah. um... It sounds like you all have. Yes. And I trust you all for your sincerity. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I haven't gotten to see it yet. Okay. But my, I was just wondering where the idea came from. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, I have bad enamel on my teeth. It's just always something I've been battling ever since I was a child. Sure. Um, so um, I'm very careful about my teeth mm -hmm. and so I was eating some tuna fish one day and you know tuna is a nice soft food yeah. you know just eating and then all of a sudden there's a crunch and yeah mm -hmm. my my heart stopped yeah. and so slowly I navigated each tooth with my tongue waiting to hit that Right. exposed nerve yeah. that I was very very much expecting um, and after I got around the top row when I got into the bottom row I discovered um, there was a uh, tuna fish bone <gasps> that I had just yeah. chomped on it, it, my teeth were okay yeah. but that's what made the crunching sound oh my so God. that's like, where that's a horror movie it's the closest itself. thing to like a happy ending that that story could have had. <laughs> right right well yeah so that's that's where I got the idea and then I started thinking about what if it wasn't just a tuna fish bone and what if yeah. it was something more yeah. and then I decided well what if something more was something really beyond, you know, yeah. just beyond. And so, yeah, so we got toothache. Nice. Amazing. Nice. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, I will tell you. I just, because I feel like I must share this story. Okay. I was in a movie theater, I think I was watching like The Matrix 4 or something dumb. Had popcorn. And it was, there was no kernel in this piece of popcorn. It was just like soft, whatever. Bit down on this thing. My molar shattered sideways. Oh! So I still had the crown, but the side was gone. Oh! So... I feel your own. Yeah. It was a wisdom tooth, so it needed to come out anyway. Yeah, but... Still, I'm like... That's a way for it to come out, I guess. Yeah. Like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that extraction was not fun. Well, like, I I think I think I reacted to your real-life story so much because um, I had a bone infection when I was a baby. Oh. So... Wow. That sounds horrifying. Yeah. It, it ended up not being terrible, but... They had to dig in and get my baby teeth out. Oh. And I had a retainer until I was like six. Um, and then my adult teeth grew in and they, they I had issues then, but they weren't the same issues. Anyway, yeah. um, I had a full crown at like eight years old. And um, 
I was chewing a piece of bubble gum and the, the whole crown popped. Oh, and I, I, I thought that I had like broken my jaw. I was just like the sound of it, yeah. the feeling of it. I was just like something terrible just happened. Right. And how old were you? Uh, like eight. Oh my gosh, that's gotta be horrifying. Yeah, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. So that like the tuna fish story. <laughs> I went like, oh god, oh god, I know what this is. <laughs> Why is this happening again? <laughs> funny that you uh, say the thing about um, people having dreams of losing their teeth because uh, <coughs> excuse me uh, okay, now you do need to pull it closer we oh I'm sorry it's okay no, that's, that's it's fine. not you it's us oh um, I've heard that so many times actually in my neck this one has a nice long cord there you go oh, thank we'll just swap those microphones you all cool. are so accommodating teamwork makes oh and now we don't have to sit close yeah. Our, it's been bouncing back and forth between high gain and low gain, and I don't know where that is coming from. Okay. So hopefully when I go to normalize the volume levels, it fixes itself. Well, um, I do have to say I just got over the flu, so there might be fluctuation in my voice. Okay, it, for, like, like I said, it's definitely not you. It is, I mean, come look at this. It, it has been a problem with multiple interviews. Yeah. Like, the volume just drops. Check, check, check. Yeah, and this is where we're at now. Oh, okay, I yeah. see. Okay. So, hopefully the volume leveling will fix that. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, so... About the teeth falling out. Teeth falling out dream. Um, our one actress, Erin um, Day, uh, who is phenomenal and I love her to death. Yeah. When I cast her, she had just finished doing a film where she was part of a dream where her teeth fell out. <laughs> oh my wow. gosh. So she 
he's like, yeah, this is this is my thing now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. Um, all our um, all our casts were great. Wonderful. Um, it was a really tight cast, at least on screen. Well, there was only two people. Yeah. Well, no, there's four. Oh, four. And here's a quick cameo. Okay. So um, there is a transition scene where they're watching a movie on the TV. Oh, right. Right, right, right. And it's like supposed to be like a done done sitcom. Right. And so it's, you know, I needed a transition and I had like the exterior of the, the, the apartment. And I'm like, ah, that didn't work. So when I lived up in New Jersey, I did a, a bunch of films with some friends up there, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and we did this one film called Idiots Are Us, okay. which um, came out in 2006, sure. and we won the uh, New York Independent Film Festival for Best Comedy with that. Nice. Okay. And so I called those guys up and said, hey, do you want to reprise those characters for a 30 second segment of the movie oh that's great yeah and so it's like 13 years later and we got to work again and that was um, Michael Rusin and um, Scott Schiaffo Uh and Scott Schiaffo you might know from Clerks he was the Chulies bubblegum guy oh wow yeah so um, him and I and and Michael we did um, uh, a film called Creepy Tales uh, girls night out in 2003 and then we did idiots are us in okay. 2005 came out in 2006 so, nice yeah nice. so but no i mean i know that this movie has been a complete labor of love for you oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, I remember when you were when you were just putting together promo art for it <laughs> writing the script i'm like oh she's gonna do something amazing well <laughs> thank you um and it was actually last year at Nightmares that I was pitching it to people. Yeah. And really? I, yeah, I had one actress. I'm not going to say her name. Sure. But um, she was like, "That sounds terrifyingly amazing, and I do not want to be in it." <laughs> so. Um, oh my God. So, Thank you for your honesty. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I appreciate you as a person. Get out of my sight. <laughs> well, that's what I was telling people before the screening. I'm like, right. look, you're either going to really love it or you're just going to walk out of there being like, that was the most fucked up thing. Oh, no, I've I was horrified and disgusted, but I loved it. Oh, good. good. <laughs> so. I mean, horror is, that's kind of the point. Oh, my gosh. I just watched The Lodge. Did anybody oh, see that? No, no we, we were doing interviews. Oh. I was getting laid. <laughs> I, okay, for the viewers at home, I just had to stop there was a and look, pause. There's a thing. Um, <laughs> but oh my God, the lodge! Uh, I am okay. So trigger warnings with this movie. Uh huh. Trigger warnings. Like, okay. I mean, it's beautiful to look at. Uh huh. And it, like, I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Wow. It's so, but it's. I don't. I don't know what it is. I think it's because it looks so beautiful, like Midsummer. You, oh, okay. You, you see oh, that? Yeah. I have not seen it yet. It's I haven't either. List. Actually, it's yeah, I own it, but I haven't yeah. gotten to watch it. I'm <laughs> freaking oh. busy. It's yeah. so Once beautiful you've to look it, bring at. Bring it over. I want to borrow it. For sure. Thank you. Yeah. No. No. Like, it's. It's longer than it needs to be, Midsummer. Okay. Wow. Um, but it's so gorgeous to look at. It's yeah. So gorgeous, and that's like this film, The Lodge. Um, it's so beautifully shot and 
it takes place all in the winter, so growing up up north, there's just this like nostalgic feeling of those winter nights and mm-hmm. being um, like... This is a three-hour episode, and I apologize for not being able to, to break it up. I should have done that. Um, this has been so much fucking fun. Again, I apologize for the volume issues. We believe we have that corrected. I'm hoping that uh, we don't have to worry about that again. Um, but this is just the first part of the interviews from Saturday. The next episode we put out is going to be uh, part Saturday and part Sunday. So um, look forward to that one. That's going to be coming up very, very soon. Um, but uh, we are just going to keep on pushing for it. <laughs> and I apologize for the delay on this one. Uh, just going to go ahead and get this up right now so that you can go ahead and listen to it. Thank you, guys. Um, keep uh, Stay tuned for the, the remaining uh, interviews from Saturday in our next episode. And the interviews from Sunday. Thank you. Thank you.